This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm your host, Andrew Hustler-Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus, back in the command center. And uh, I got that Friday feeling. The weekend is here. The weather's getting a bit nicer. We're getting rid of this snow that we got the dump earlier this week. And uh, I think all Jet fans are in a pretty good mood after that big win last night in Toronto. The Jets winning 5-2 over the Leafs, moving within three points of first place in the North Division with a massive week coming up. Oilers tomorrow night, late game, 9 p.m., and then three at home against the first place Leafs next week, potentially with first place on the line. We've got a great show today. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us coming up in about 10, 15 minutes or so. And then closer to 2 p.m., handsome Tommy Gazzola, our pal from Edmonton, will join us to help us tee up tomorrow's Oilers-Jets matchup and get the latest on the Oil, who were supposed to be playing in Vancouver tonight. But as we know, that game has been postponed. So there will be no second end of back-to-backs with late travel for Edmonton. They'll be coming to Winnipeg. They'll be rested after a week off going into tomorrow night's game. Uh, thanks, of course, as always, to our sponsors, Not Autocorp, Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza Winnipeg, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet Canada, and our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Let's get Remo in here to get things going on a Friday afternoon. What's going on, my man? Us, how are you? I'm feeling good. It's a Friday. As you mentioned, snow melting. We had a talk earlier this week if I should go and shovel. Uh, I did not. So I'm just I'm, I'm just waiting it out. It's melting. We're in the positives. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what's going on with me. Great game last night. We're in a good mood. It's a Friday. The Jets won. So lots to look forward to. And we did even have some uh, contract news that I placed uh, down here on, on the ticker. So there actually is some uh, decent stuff on there. Now, TB Covers has just dropped in the chat. Six o'clock game time tomorrow now. Oh, it's it changed? Is that? No, that, well, listen, TB Covers is uh, hashtag insider breaking news on the program, if that is the case. I got to check. My app says nine, but it could be using, that's on the score app. I would love that if it was six o'clock. Not that I have any issues with the nine o'clock games, but there's a couple things. First of all, and heads up to everyone, I'll be jumping on for the first couple segments on the CGOB pregame show tomorrow with Kelly Moore. That's supposed to be at 7 o'clock, but if the game gets moved up, that would be at 4 o'clock. And, of course, with the rules right now, uh, I know most people aren't going out anyways, but uh, if you live alone, it's nice to maybe get out and see the odd live human being once in a while. Um, so you at least have the opportunity to go step up to a, a bar, go somewhere to watch the game, and still uh, get the entire thing in before 10 p.m. So, yeah, the um, NHL app has has nine o'clock still. Okay, well, we'll uh, we will see. I, I think I was listening to Drew and the guys on Illegal Curve speculate on this last night. Um, I believe Montreal and Ottawa are playing. So, I mean, I think you know, I, Hockey Night in Canada. I'm still pretty sure wants to have the double oh, header. They're playing at three. Oh, okay. So Montreal, Ottawa are at three, and Toronto, Vancouver is supposed to be at six. That game is is canceled. I'm pretty sure. Toronto, Vancouver. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. So maybe they move. Yeah, I don't know. Do they want the afternoon game or not? So I guess that it's something to watch. Maybe they could move it up. 
yeah, sort of late in the game to make the change, but we're here for it if it happens. Yeah. Anyways, we'll stay on top of that. Maybe uh, Hammer will have some information as we uh, as we come forward. Um, but just before we get into the game, uh, you mentioned the not clearing the snow ream. Um, and I mentioned this to you off air. I didn't mention it on the show yesterday because I was still a little bit banged up. But uh, you told the story of your fall in Costco earlier this week. Yeah, in the parking lot, not in Costco. That's way worse. Yes, okay, in the parking lot. <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right. I stepped out uh, of the car and slipped on the ice. I had a massive, massive fall myself two nights ago. I got home... And I, like you, was not going to spend any time shoveling because I figured it'd be melting right away. And I stepped out onto my balcony and did a straight up ass over tea kettle fall and into like full WWE bump. Like it, I, I, I perfectly landed on my back. And of course, I was in hospital for two months with a serious back injury a few months ago. So I was a little freaked out at the beginning. Uh, I was very sore yesterday, but I am feeling a lot better, and um, it just gives me a lot more respect for those pro wrestlers. Although I didn't have, uh, if I had did it on a mat, it would have been a little bit better. Uh, but anyways, be careful out there, folks. Take it from Remus and myself. You can never be too careful right now with some of the ice that is out there. But um, that was one of the few bad things that's happened. It's been a great week. The shows have been awesome, and I got to tell you, Reem, watching that game last night. Um, the first hour of it, I was still on the air in Calgary, so I was sort of paying attention. You know, it's one nothing. Jets tie it up, and literally, I turned back around, and it was 3-1. Um, you know, ended up PVRing at the intermission and getting that last bit. I mean, just an absolute offensive explosion from the Jets after, you know, they go down early. Um, and, you know, credit to the Leafs. I thought even without Matthews and Nylander, they battled back in that second period. They got that goal from Tavares, uh, but loved the third period by the Winnipeg Jets. And once again, I mean, Connor Hellebuck was back to his old self. He was great last night. Um, but Nikolai Ehlers um, gets his 300th career point, hits the 20-goal plateau along with Kyle Connor. They both had two goals last night. Um, you know, Ehlers just continues to blossom into a star, a borderline superstar in this league. And I know we've talked plenty of times in Winnipeg Jets fans that say this might be the most underrated player in the league. Um, but I'll tell you what, you go into Toronto and you play the way he did last night against the Maple Leafs and more and more people are going to notice. But I mean, an absolute catalyst and just a, one of the many great stories of this team so uh, so far this season. And how about that? The team goes on the road without Captain Blake Wheeler and comes back to Winnipeg winning four of five Ream. And now you've got Edmonton tomorrow night and three games next week with the Leafs here. And I know we haven't talked a lot about first place in the division, but after last night, I'm talking about first place in the division. And normally, I know the division banner, big deal, wouldn't mean much. This one means a lot. And, you know, who knows what would happen in the playoffs, but being able to say the Jets in this strange year where the Canadian teams went head-to-head all season long could hoist the Canadian division champs banner up in the uh, Bell MTS place, um, I'm here for it. I think a lot of fans are here for it. And it's a very different uh, very different banner than one would normally have hosting up the, the Central Division or the Pacific Division banner, uh, including whatever they're sponsored by. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty incredible. They haven't had a division win yet. They were close a couple of years ago, only to falter towards the end. We all We all remember that, sadly. But what a game yesterday. You know, the Jets have really shown, um, you know, when they're down, it's not even. It's not a big deal. If they don't score the first goal, um, they're able to battle back, and they certainly did that yesterday. 
um, Nikolai Ehlers uh, on the power play on you know on his regular side. Sorry, yeah, on his regular side, he's able to go in and just whip that wrister. Maybe Jack Campbell, the uh, shine of his eleven straight wins, is shining off. But uh, they oh they, he got canceled last night. Yeah, he got, he got canceled. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, there were. I don't know if they were targeting like low, the low, you know, far side um, there, but they had two and Shifley with a beautiful breakaway goal as well. Um, that was awesome. So uh, Nikolai had two two great goals. The first one maybe Campbell wish he he got all of, but that second one that was pure hustle, and he's just too fast for David Rich. You know, he was kind of unsure with the puck in no man's land. What's he gonna do? He's gonna go and play it? Is he gonna? You know, stay set for a save. He chose to go play it, but Ehlers too quick. The one hand poke behind him. <laughs> that was all effort. What a goal by Ehlers. That was that was amazing. And you know, maybe Ehlers not the most household name coming into this year, but uh, if you're following hockey, you got to think that he is the best winger right now in that North Division. Sorry, Mitch Marner. Hey, we've been talking all year long about how people have been sleeping on the bet, uh, the Jets, especially the bookmakers. Um, completely fine with that. People will wake up to how good this Jets team is come playoff time. And in the meantime, we'll just keep cashing these tickets as the Jets as underdogs. Hey, quickly, um, uh, Dan Milborn, I had a huge fall on Tuesday with my head landing just inches from a big pile of dog doo-doo. Oh! That, that's a close call, Earl. That is a close call. And I got to give a shout-out. Rob Bowman, Hustler, it's Bowman. Congrats on the show. I just discovered it, and I'm loving it. You officially have a fan base in Burkaramanga, Colombia. Whoa. Worldwide. Winnipeg Sports Talk Worldwide. Bowman, hope you're well, buddy. Great to have you with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, So listen, Nick Ehlers was the story of the game last night. So was Kyle Connor who, of course, scored just a beautiful goal and then got the empty netter ream. And tell you what, in addition to the Jets chasing the Leafs for first place in the division, we got a dozen games left. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting little internal competition between 27 and 81 for who wins the goal-scoring title on the Winnipeg Jets. They were tied twice last night, and each time Kyle Connor went and scored right after. Yeah, and even quietly, uh, Mark Shafley is leading... In points, so uh, there's some great talent on the Jets. And someone was saying to me, like, How are you missing Line I'm like, I don't know. Kyle Connors kind of stepped in on the power play, and I feel like they the power plays are both even. They're both very good now. You're not just focused on feeding one guy. Um, the team seems to be rolling. They're playing so well. Again, hard to find any complaints. We haven't even touched on the breaking news heading into the game uh, from Paul Maurice's press conference. We had talked about Billy Hanala all, all week, how Shevel Dayoff brought him up. Well, I don't know if he was the one phoning in the lineup, but Hanala was in. Stanley was out. We had speculated all week who's coming out. I said it's going to be the rookie. He was the last guy to come in. Uh, Stan- <laughs> you were out. right. He, he was out. I don't think it has anything to do with his play, but I think that's just was the logical thing, and Hanala stepped in. Look, he was, he was clearly rusty. He hadn't played for a month, but good to get him some reps. And now it seems like they're going to have some competition between Hanela, Logan Stanley, and Jordy Ben, new acquisition who skated today on his own, according to the Jets' Instagram. So, <laughs> that got changed pretty quick, was, I'm sure. Yeah, the Jets uh, posting on Instagram, Jamie Ben on the ice. Uh, it is inf- a lot of the Whoops. commenters quick to correct them that it is, in fact, Jordy Ben skating. So we'll see how yeah. that works out. We'll see who goes in tomorrow. But just one more thing to watch for. And as you said, there's no rift between the coach and the GM. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Shevel Dayoff says on Monday 
he wants Hainala in, then Hainala's in. But I mean, it's possible for him, for you know him to make those comments without there being a quote unquote rift, right? Guys, like we we uh, anyone that's trying to position this as the coach versus the GM it's, probably has fighting. it out for Boom. one of them or both. I mean, get it get it together. They've been working together for eight years. They all realize they need to get Billy Hanel into some games, uh, and they may very well need him. Does this mean that he's all of a sudden a top six player because he got in last night? Uh, no, it's not. Um, I like Gilvedo's game last night, though. I mean, I thought it was a perfect spot to get him in. I know, you know, the same people that were saying, we got to play Vili, got to play Vili, then freaked out when they put him in last night going, what? Playing him against Toronto? You're just setting him up to fail. What are they trying <laughs> to do to this guy? I mean, you can't win sometimes. Um, I thought I thought they put him in in a nice spot. Listen, I didn't think Logan Stanley deserved to come out of the lineup, but again, these are tough decisions right now. I think it's important to get these guys playing. Um, so Vili went in. I thought he certainly um, performed well. I thought it was a great spot for him to be in that position, playing alongside Dylan DeMello um, for you know what he brings to the pairing. Um, but I will be very interested to see if they go back to Stanley tomorrow um, because Paul Maurice had said, and you sort of alluded to it, Reem, Logan Stanley certainly did not come out because of his play. Far from it. Um, and again, you know, when you've got a healthy group that's playing and winning hockey games, um, you know, that's just one thing we've learned from Paul Maurice. He doesn't really like to break up that winning lineup. Um, but it, it is what it is. We've got the uh, we've got seven now, eight defensemen. Um, well, at nine, if you include Sammy Niku, who you know may be called upon at some point. Um, hell, isn't Nelson Noje still in the taxi squad too? He, has, he hasn't played a game this year of pro hockey, uh, but he's been getting paid and doing his thing. So. Um, Listen, it, it, I'm happy Vili got in. I think we'll see him a few more times before the end of the season. Um, but I am quite interested, and we'll ask Jeff Hamilton about this coming up in a couple minutes, about where, um, about whether Stanley's back in tomorrow, do we think, and how this will play out. Of course, we've got to get J- uh, Jordy Ben, not Jamie Ben, into the lineup as well. Um, so we'll do that pretty soon. Um, so big win last night, three points back. Got the Oilers tomorrow. We'll talk about tomorrow's game with handsome Tommy Gazzola a little bit later on in the program. Um, quickly, before we get to the hammer, Big thanks to our sponsors, Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGillivray. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? They'll also help you get the best price for the vehicle you're in right now or get out of a lease with their very successful consignment program. Pop down and see Trevor and the great team family-owned in Winnipeg, Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGillivray, are online at not.ca. And uh, our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ, Niverville, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Northgate. And a special shout-out to Swervin Mervin, Matt Bergen, who tweeted us today saying that he popped into DQ Polo Park, started off his day with an Orange Julius, supporting Winnipeg Sports Talk and our sponsors. Uh, sounds like a good weekend for a blizzard. Pop by any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs and tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. All right. Tommy Zola a little bit later on. We'll look ahead to tomorrow's game, but we want to talk Jets. We want to talk CFL, what's happening, and no better person to do that with than the Hammer himself, our pal Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, welcome back to Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's great to see you, buddy. Past absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun here. See if we can build on our previous uh, episodes. 
Uh, no doubt. And, and, you know, listen, we will get into some Friday fun, uh, but I'd be remiss if I, I didn't first off um, extend my sympathies to you. Um, it been a heavy week for uh, people. I mean, everyone will remember the incredible investigative journalism you did on the Graham James uh, piece. And a big central figure in that was Jay McCauley, um, who we lost earlier this week. And I, I'll direct people to the free press, uh, to the piece today you wrote on it. Um, but I know this has impacted you. And I really appreciate you coming on today. But also before we got into having some laughs and having fun uh, express that to you and uh, I just say how much I and I think so many people appreciated what you wrote today yeah Huss, thanks I, you know and I appreciate the opportunity to kind of address it you know I was <clears throat> I mean I'll start off by saying the flood of support's just been tremendous you know I, I had Jay had passed away for people who don't know Jay was chapter one of of the Graham James series he was the the guy that came forward um the new survivor victim whatever you know if you will and um we we met in August, 2019 and we just didn't stop talking. We became, you know, over the last two years, we became friends. Um, you know, COVID led to, I probably talked to Jay more than a lot of my friends and family in in certain instances. So, um, certainly tragic news, you know, Jay did his best. Um, I do have a tribute, as you mentioned on, on the Winnipeg free press, just kind of going over our relationship. Um, as you said, we're not going to get too much into it, but I do want to say a couple things. One being, you know, there are some lessons out of this to me. It's, you know, show compassion to people. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their backstory is. You don't know, um, you know, what their life or the hand they've been dealt in their life. So, you know, I think that's an important thing. The other thing is stigma, um, stigma around sexual violence, stigma around substance abuse, uh, stigma, stigma around childhood trauma. I don't know if there's any family that isn't affected by at least one or more of that. And so the better, the, the, the better we can talk about these things, the more that we can bring them, you know, out of the dark and into the light, the, uh, the better off we'll be in the future. And so that's my commitment to Jay is he might be, he might be gone, but um, you can make the argument that my, my work, real work is, uh, has only just begun. Oh man, that's great stuff. And again, uh, thoughts and uh, prayers with uh, his family and loved ones as well this week. Um, uh, on to, to more fun topics. And that of course is the, uh, the local hockey squad, three points back of the Leafs after last night's win in Toronto. Hey, before we even talk about the game, first things first, we were going to get to this in the intro. Um, but Elliot Friedman reporting the Jets have made some progress on a contract extension with Adam Lowry. Um, listen, everyone knows how important Adam Lowry is to the team, that line, this organization, really. I don't think it's a surprise that they're talking extension right now. I, I will say I am fascinated to try to wrap my head around what that contract might look like, how long it might be, how much it will be. Um, but I think it's pretty clear that Adam Lowry, a very, very important piece for the Winnipeg Jets going forward. And um, they're trying to get a, get out ahead of it. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, the news is interesting. I would, will it quickly follow a signing or are they just talking about talking? Because, you know, you really, you really think they would be talking already that this guy is an important piece of the puzzle. It's obviously Adam Lowry is just a fascinating player on this team because he does so much, right? I mean, he's known as that third line centerman, but as we are, you know, as you constantly hear over and over, whether it be from Paul Maurice or reporters in general, he's actually the first or second sentiment over the boards in a game so his ice time isn't this traditional third line player and he, he's found himself in this situation where he's behind all these talented forwards we know that you know nhl gm you know everyone in hockey covets goal scoring um so it can be a little bit tougher to kind of sell your story when you're that checker but adam lowry's been able to do that uh Perfectly. So, I mean, obviously great news. I, I, if I'm Adam Lowry, I know that I'm going to be getting 
I'm going to be getting some major interest. So, you know, it, it's a fascinating, I use the word fascinating because you have these, you know, the bigger names and you know that they're going to fetch these massive dollars. When you have a guy like Adam Lauer who maybe flies under the radar, and I use that lightly, you start wondering what his value is and you know his value to this team is huge. So um, certainly good that they're starting talks, but I also think Adam's going to get paid. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, uh, you know, some tough decisions going forward. But, you know, again, good problems to have, um, much like the problems. I mean, even without adding that top four defenseman, you know, that everyone was talking about that for whatever reason didn't come to fruition on Monday. um, You know, we've had Logan Stanley emerge as a dependable everyday NHL defenseman, in my opinion. And last night we got a chance to see Vili Hainala get into the lineup. And in this next few days, I'm not sure whether it's tomorrow or next week against the Leafs. You'd imagine Jordy Ben comes in at some point. Um, you know, we know the Jets overall, like at the deadline, didn't as much improve the defense. But has the defense overall, in your mind, improved enough that we can kind of move on from spending all our time talking about how that's the Achilles heel of the hockey club and just, you know, look ahead to see what they can do going forward in this last dozen games in the playoffs? So, like, I kind of want to say no, like, you know, like, and, and not not to be, like, negative necessarily, but it's just like, I and, and you know, you heard Kevin Sheldayev talking his, his availability that he swung for the fences, right? Like, he went after this, there's been all this talk about the Jets were close, like, I'd love to know what that deal, who that player was, how close they were, and what exactly led to them not pulling the trigger. And the reason why I'm not trying to, I mean, can we get past the whole narrative that the defense is the Achilles heel on this team? Not really, because... They're the Achilles heels on the team. So, you know, like they're not as good as the forwards. They're not, they don't have the, they have the best goalie arguably in the world. And their defense have certainly out, have certainly impressed this year at times. They've been bad at times as well. Um, they're certainly playing better than what a lot of people figured they would. And I mean, it's, it's interesting too, right? Cause you look at this last sit, you call it the sixth defensive spot and it's going to be a battle between Logan, Stanley, Stanley, Billy Hanela and, and Jordy Ben, where it's kind of like, okay, that's great. You have awesome forwards. You have an awesome goalie get better D you know to me is like what are you waiting for and, and, and I'm not saying that they are waiting I'm sure I'm sure Kevin Shevov tried to I'm you know I'm not I'm not being an apologist for him either he ultimately didn't get the job done but you have the other tools in other places like you you are a team that is a better defense away from being a contender now can they contend possibly I mean yeah, like, gonna, is it good uh, enough I guess is the question I, I mean is it good enough it's 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 like I don't know if good enough should be the should be the standard. Is it good enough? It's good enough to compete. Well, good enough to win. I mean, listen, it doesn't matter if you win by six or win by one. I don't think that I don't think it's good enough to win, and that's the problem. Like, is it good enough to go on a on, like? Am I saying they're going to get eliminated in the first round? Absolutely not. They could very well come out of the Canadian division if they can, you know, beat Toronto, which is clearly going to be the team to beat given their you know their moves at the deadline. Like they went out and they. I'm not saying that they're you know obviously Nick Foligno is a good pickup and they paid and you know they they found some depth in other places. The Jets are essentially a couple injuries away from being out of the first round, so that's kind of where we're at right now. And so as much as you want to prop up the D and say yeah they're not as bad as people think and they aren't, um, they're also not as good as other teams. So it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to deal with it now. And hopefully you hope that, you know, there's some, cause here's the thing. Here's the other part. Mason Appleton's having a career year. Matthew Perot is probably never going to play like this again. So you start looking at the guy, like everyone's doing their job. Mark Shifley. Yes. He's been on and off. He's top five in scoring. You know, Nick Ehlers is having a career year. Everyone is doing what you expected them to do year to year. You were, you were literally hitting on like everything. You know, you got guys like Neil Pionk, who's arguably your best demon. Everyone's playing better. So 
if everyone's doing what you want, now you need to add those pieces to kind of continue with that momentum. And, and my, you know, I think the concern here is, is you're kind of playing with fire, expecting all these guys to just continue this without giving them help. And, and that's kind of where I fall into the no. But at the end of the day, this is the lineup and you're going to have to roll with it. And it's not the worst in the world. Yeah, no, it isn't. And I mean, I, you know, if you match up and again, I've been focusing way more on this Canadian division because we don't even need to think about the team south of the border until you get out of two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is not going to be easy. But I mean, you look up and match up the Jets with any team. I mean, people will talk about their forwards, their forward group, the elite talent up front, the depth they have from one to 12, and yeah. obviously Connor Hellebuck. And you know, with the exception of maybe Tampa against, you know, a number of teams in the league, it's rare that in almost any matchup you would put, you know, teams together and say, well, they get the tick in every single box. We all know how important the blue line is at, um, you know, come playoff time. But we also know that the goaltender is the last line of defense and you got to be able to score goals too. And I guess my point is that there was a lot of doom and gloom about the team and there was a lot of disappointment coming out of Monday. But the more I think about it, I mean, and, and listen, I'm sure Paul Maurice would have loved to get a big horse to throw into that top four. I mean, why wouldn't he? But at the same time, the guys that have been playing all season long um, have helped them get the results. And it's a results-based business. And, you know, I think there's every reason for at least the guys in that locker room to look around at the guys they've been playing with and going to battle with all season long and think, you know what? We are a good team, and we can beat anybody in this division, and there's no reason why we can't be capable of something special come playoff time, even if we didn't get the best defenseman in the league coming in and being shipped into town on Monday at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that because, like, I mean, their, their offense can win games. Their goalie can win games. You know, is their defense going to win games? Uh, maybe. You know, like there was that other game, I think it was, what, Montreal, where they pretty much kept them – away from the net for a majority of the, of the evening. And so, I mean, there are, there are certain things that, you know, come with that, but I, I also understand fans that look at the Colorado's, you know, thank God they got to play Vegas, you know what I mean? And, and so, you know, you look at teams like Tampa Bay and you start looking at, you start looking outside it. Cause it, it's hard to gauge, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if like, I kind of feel like the Canadian division's weak, you know, even though Toronto's good, um, you know, they haven't played all that great. Uh, of late but you know you look at Calgary like they're garbage you know like even Montreal is kind of whatever I know they kicked uh, the Jets butts one game but you know like even there you know you can't really see them winning so it's kind of like Toronto and and Winnipeg and so I'm with you in the sense that I think you can't sit there and kind of like I mean if if you're just gonna get angry or just complain you know and and don't get me wrong again you can be upset at the the inactivity but this is kind of who you got and so now it's now it's time for a playoff run the unfortunate part is is that you have all those other pieces you have guys you know playing massive roles uh, sorry, improving from year to year, and this—you just kind of think that you add that one piece, it might, it might, it might have a trickling effect on the goalie, on the whole defense, on the forwards, and instead of just kind of hoping that okay, you're playing your best hockey all the time, you know, because there's those games where those elements are going to be able to steal, whether it's a good goalie or, or a hot offense, but you kind of want to have that complete team for for a long run. You know what? And this will drive some people crazy uh, uh, because I know how some people, especially that hang around here, um, and not all, but there are some that are very loud, huge critics of Paul Maurice. Yeah. And listen, I, I, I think anyone that's listened to me long enough, I mean, I haven't been lockstep with every single thing the coach has ever done. But I have to say, and I have to give some credit where it's deserved right now is that we can break down the minutia of the talent at these positions and what's going on in the defense. And they've got the great goalie. 
But the one thing that uh, that I think Maurice and and I'll put Blake Wheeler in this conversation as well that really deserve a lot of credit is that they have worked over the years and built up a for lack of a better term culture within that group and a belief of the things that that you want in great teams resilience able to bounce back after poor games consistent efforts no extended losing streaks i mean all of those things and it's all contributed to where this team is right now there's not a lot of people at the beginning of the season that would have told you with a dozen games left the jets would be playing the leafs with three games with first place on the line and while we can point to great individual performances by a number of players there really is something about this Winnipeg Jets team that really is about team as much as we focus on great individual performances that um, that I think really bodes well for them when it comes down to a best of seven challenge against the Edmonton Oilers or potentially the Toronto Maple Leafs in a month or two. Yeah, I mean, I agree in the sense that they're, they've been, you know, I think there's a know your role culture here. And, and, and I'm not trying to sound that to be sound negative per se, but it's like, you know, you know what position you play in, you know what role you have to the team and your job is to execute it. So I think they have a bunch of guys. So, in, in, you know, as, as you were kind of saying, you didn't put it this way, but they're all kind of pulling in the same direction, right? Like there's no one, there's not a lot of unhappy campers, if you will. Well, but, winning is fun. You know, well, winning, winning is fun. fun. <laughs> winning is fun too, but personal success is like at this level is also important like you want to see the results and 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 that comes right i'm not saying there's no self you know there's there's not a bunch of selfies there's a lot of people who again are pulling the right direction they're winning they're all playing their role but they don't have the guys anymore that were kind of like okay i want more or i want something else so i think that, that there is an element of that i just i'm curious as time goes on because winning success breeds more opportunity and then if you have those guys that aren't getting the opportunity you know, I, I, anyways, I'm not trying to create some conspiracy theory or anything like that. I'm just saying that it is an interesting thing. And right now, I think everyone understands and enjoys their role. Now, you have a guy like, you know, Andrew Kopp, who's, who's found himself from the third line into the top six, um, you know, with an injury to Blake, obviously. And, and, you know, he's, you know, him going back there isn't a demotion, right? He doesn't view it as like, okay, I just got removed from the top six. He goes back to a, a very, very important, you know, again, checking line, if you will, but a very important role on the team. So everyone kind of knows their role right now. And that's a very, very, very important part to instilling that culture and to ensuring that you're all, you know, you're all doing this for the team. And when everyone's content, when everyone feels, and you'll hear Maurice say this, feels part of it, which I think is the case right now, good things happen. And they just got to make sure that they're keeping that uh, feeling and that, you know, as you mentioned, Huss, I mean, winning kind of figures that out. How would you compare this team to the 2018 team? I, I mean, I think it's obvious the right faster, side of the defense, faster. the the right yeah. side of the defense isn't there. Faster. Um, this team. I mean, I just, I, I think it's, you know, I thought that team was heavier in, in, in the previous one. You know, they played that heavy game and you need to play a heavy game and a sustained heavy game to go on those long runs. So I think they had that. I mean, they, they also had, when you got Dustin Bufflin on your team, everyone's two and a half inches taller too, right? So there's this element of like, you know, there's that heaviness and there's that, you know, that, that those key pieces that you had in that run that you look back and you go, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense why they had that run. They were able to, you know, maintain it. You look at the last couple of years and you wonder what's missing, right? I mean, uh, whether it's the, you know, the, 
prelim or the the play-in round exit. I mean, obviously, of course, you got to factor in the injuries and stuff like that. But just something was missing, you know, in the last couple of years. And I, you know, I think this is different. I think you have those, like, you know, even though they have a lot of offensive power, and you, you can look up and down that bench and go, okay, this guy could probably take over a game. This guy, this guy, this guy. You now have a bunch of guys who are doing their job, awesome. And so I think that when you look at compare it to the 2018 role, is that again, I go back to that whole everyone feels a part of it kind of thing. Is that you have this run everyone kind of seems like they have that role. Whereas like there was a little bit of, you know, in that other one, everyone had that role at that deep run, you know, had those deep lines. They had the four lines and defense was rolling. Obviously, you know, net mining was good this time around two. I feel like there's more definition in what everyone's doing. And I feel like that was the same vibe. Um, going into the last playoffs. And that's you know, good- I, I love the way you put that and that everyone feels they have their spot and they're part of it because to me, that honestly was maybe part of what ended up turning everything sour in 2019. Absolutely. You know, you had a, um, I mean, you had some different personalities. I think certain players have matured since then. Obviously there's been some significant changes to, uh, to the roster and the lineup with some key players, but you know, when that, like, it's just so different right now. And again, you know, sometimes success breeds success. And some of the things that they are able to do earlier on, I think maybe made more believers and got people to buy in. But um, it's been really interesting to see the way, you know, it's taken a while to kind of get over that, which I think really was a low point, just considering how talented the team was and the level of disappointment with the way that it went. Um, and I mean, we all saw that at the at the infamous, you know, interviews at the end of the year. But the way things have turned around, I think they focused on the positive, come together. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about going forward. And I mean, heck, this week next week, Jeff, is going to be, um, I was talking about it earlier. I mean, no one goes into the United Center and points out the central division banners of the Chicago Blackhawks. They look at the cup banners. However, um, I will argue that this Canadian division banner will be more special and will be more... Um, beloved by fans than any other, maybe in NHL history, to be honest with you, because all the other ones are just sort of a a division. I mean, this will always remember the one year where the Canadian teams went head to head all season long. Um, And whoever gets to put that up would be, uh, will be proud of it. Um, Listen, you want more, you want to do great in the playoffs. There's only one team that wins that Stanley cup, but that will be something. And I mean, that to me is what this next week is sort of about. I mean, we know these teams are going to be in the playoffs. You want to continue to raise your level of play and certainly get the upper hand of a team that you may in fact play in a best of seven. But at the same time, that carrot, and I have no idea whether the players think this way. I'm sure there's some people in the organization do. No idea whether it's important to the coach or not, although I'm sure he'd love to have last change in a potential game seven. Um, But it does add some excitement, I think, for observers of it when you think about you know, this weird year and what the team might be able to to accomplish in this final dozen games starting this week with three at home against the Leafs. Oh, I mean, think about it. We're, we're all kind of chasing small victories. In this case, it's a big one. So, you know, it, absolutely. I mean, the hardest, I mean, I think it's, I think, I think you're going to look back at this year always and kind of, you know, assuming this is kind of like a, a one-time deal. We don't go into this, you know, knock on wood. Um, but I do think that, yeah, there's obviously a lot of bragging rights, a lot of Canadian bragging rights. Canadians, a Canadian team hasn't won the Stanley Cup since 1993. So it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a Canadian victory. It's, it's as going to Canadian victory as it gets. And, um, you know, we also, we obviously know the sports, uh, 
loves this country loves hockey and everyone you know and particularly leaf fans being able to steal it from them no matter what city you're in you know that one's gonna be because i mean toronto's been in that spot essentially since the beginning so i think you have to have the eyes on the prize i do think it's funny when players say they don't watch the standings yeah they do i have this theory that you know if they're not playing hockey they're googling themselves or checking standings or stats so it's it's you know like of course they know of course they know this is big they're just not going to put that added pressure and talk about how this is our opportunity. They'd be crazy not to understand that, whether you're a coach or a player. But, I mean, they also know that because you play interdivisional games every single day, every single game is meaningful. Every single game is just that much more um, impactful to the standing. So, absolutely, because you're talking about not only winning, potentially winning that, not only do you win kind of like the best Canadian team, if you will, you also had to play only Canadian teams throughout the entire season. So it will have that special alert. I have no doubt about it. Uh, Jeff Hamilton's with us. An interesting text that just came in from a friend. Something nobody's saying. Chevy now is the first pick to dangle to the Kraken to keep both Cop, Lowry, and Stanley. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe that's a key that part of that deal. Yeah, that's yeah. not. I mean, yeah, one of those guys. No, for sure. Um, yeah. Listen, I could talk Jets. I'm fired up. I could go on for an hour, but I can't have you on the program um, without getting your take and um, the latest on what you're hearing about the Canadian Football League. Uh, you know, we're seeing some impatient players tweeting at Randy Ambrosi, and I get it. But at the same time, I mean, uh, we're not naive. We're seeing what's happening in Ontario right now. I mean, it's a disaster with the uh, with the virus. Seeing what's happening out west, we're on pins and needles here. Um, I don't know what's realistic that anybody that's you know planning on doing something outdoors can actually come up with a legitimate plan. Where are we at right now? Never mind XFL stuff. This season right now, Jeff, what are you hearing? Not much. I mean, I mean, I'm hearing lots. I mean, the, the thing is, is I gotta take a deep breath here because you talk about getting fired up or whatever. I just to me it's it's just insane. So next week you're gonna get an announcement from the Canadian Football League telling us that that, that telling us the obvious that training camps aren't gonna start um, within a month. And therefore, the season isn't going to be in June. So get ready for that. That's likely, I think, um, that was reported being coming up the 20th of this month. So to me, it's just it's just this frustrating silence. And I don't know if it's egos of the owners that, you know, because a lot of these outfits have deep-pocketed owners, obviously not talking about the community-run teams, um, that maybe it's just like, you know, to say like the, to, to tell people they're running kind of a mon paw shop here, because the reality is, is we know they're not the NHL. We know they're not the NBA. We know they're not the NFL. We know they don't have the money. And it's like, instead of, you know, for a league that preaches because they don't have that, because they don't, because they need fans more than, I mean, every league needs fans and I'll tell you that, but you know, the CFL really needs fans. So they, they make an argument that because they're not those other leagues, that they're the most accessible to their fans. Like they preach that all the time. And yet throughout this entire process, whether it's the, you know, last year or, or, or this year now, as we get into a potentially second delayed start to a season, it's just, no one's letting anybody know anything. Like no one's letting anybody, no one's the, the transparency thing is absolutely ridiculous. And the only major announcement that comes out is the fact that the, the CFL is now, in bed with the XFL and that this could be the future. Like, you know, whether it's from a, whether it's from a financial situation, whether it's from a, you know, just an openness to fans and and let them be aware. Like I keep hearing these things come out about like, and mostly from TSN, let's be clear. It's the broadcaster that's just pushing all this narrative. It's almost, you know, like I love those guys, but it's almost kind of becoming a little bit embarrassing um, where we're headed with this. These guys know exactly what's going on. Okay. So 
the idea that, you know, we're kind of pushing this off or like, how can, how can CFL uh, guarantee a date? No one's at, like, there's got to be a happy medium between radio silent and, you know, starting to make clear definitive statements. And the fact of the matter is we just haven't seen that. We've seen the opposite spectrum. So what, what could they possibly say right now? Other well, than tell them that they can come out and say, I mean, at this point, Huss, if you cannot, if, if you don't even have clearance, of flying American players yeah. to Canada, you can pretty much be open with the players and say, we're not starting training cap May. That's what I'm talking about. Like you can come out and say like to wait till the, like this waiting to the final hour. Like, I mean, they're in serious trouble. And if they're not, and, and, and the reality is, is it sounds like a lot of these conversations as, as Randy Ambrosi was, you know, billing the, that he was working hard towards 2021 from the beginning. If that has all been about talking to the XFL and not coming up with plans to save the three down league. uh, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, the reality is, is that I don't think that's been the case and they haven't figured it out. Like there's some deep pockets there. You're telling me the Canadian football league can't get a $30 million loan interest-free loan. If they don't even get that loan from the people that are running the league, like, of course, the government isn't going to give them the money. And it, it, they're not giving them the money because guess what? They can't pay back loans. Like, this interest-free stuff. I mean, if, here in Winnipeg, keep your eye on the stadium. See what happens with the stadium bill. Because, as you know, the $7 million loss this year, which was actually $10 million, didn't include the millions of dollars they usually spend a year on the stadium. So see what happens with that. Keep an eye on the provincial government and see what happens to that stadium loan. So this whole like idea that like, you know, and I'm kind of like not contradicting myself because obviously everyone's in this financial issue, but the fact that you kind of now have put all your eggs in this basket and you're, you know, you've, you've given teams, told teams they can't talk about the XFL conversations and all this stuff. Like what's the game plan here? Because 2021 is going to be filled with XFL talk as they, you know, when, if, and when they start. And I think they like, to be clear, I think there's CFL football this year in its traditional format, whether that's a, you know, a, an 18 game season or a 12 game season or whether it starts somewhere in the summer or fall. I think we're going to see football because you can't lose those two years. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is we're is this is the only league that is capable or sorry, is dependent on a, on, on a on an improvement with the, with the pandemic. And unfortunately we're not seeing that. And, you know, they have said that they are dependent. They've talked about vaccines. They've done all this stuff, but they just haven't been, in my opinion, open to the fans who now are wrestling with no information and the fear that the game that they've dedicated a majority of their lives to is going to change drastically within a year. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, yeah, they have to figure that because there's also the potential that the game won't be there. I mean, the minute I heard the XFL thing, I mean, I wasn't like, oh, my God, they're going to change the rules. I was like, holy crap. If they're actually talking about this publicly, that tells you all you need to know about just how dire of a situation that the league is in. And I'm with you. I mean, you know, maybe they like I just can't imagine that they wouldn't have exhausted trying to get that 30 million dollar interest free loan and all the other steps before that to realize, holy shit, this might be this might be literally the only way we have a chance of of preserving professional football. And we may have to hold our nose and do some things that a lot of traditionalists might not like. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll take 
football on a different size field with an extra down as opposed to an empty stadium and no chance to go there and get together with people. And um, I, I mean, I, and listen, I don't have any more information than anyone else does, but it's pretty easy to read the tea leaves when we're hearing what we're hearing and seeing what the league has actually said right now after missing an entire season, unlike pretty much any other sports league in North America. So absolutely. So, I mean, and, and that kind of goes back to, you know, beefs I had before COVID-19 was even a thing. And I was essentially the leadership of the CFL. It's been the same leadership for a long time. And all we hear about is these maxed out revenue streams. Like there is no way of making more money. There is no way of doing things, you know, better when in fact there is. And you got to question who's sitting around that table because all we hear is if I hear a a CFL owner is a philanthropist one more time, I'm going to puke. Because there's not a single philanthropist in there, in my opinion, that doesn't do it for the ego. And Because if you were a philanthropist, you would be putting some money in here. You would be trying to save it for Canada instead. But what about Braley? Braley owned two teams at a time. I mean, oh, at absolutely. a certain point. But I mean, here's the thing. You don't, like, yeah, absolutely. But there's, there, like, and this is the other part, Huss, like, before, you know, with, with, with what you said leading into it, there's one thing that's missing. And that's actually proof. Like we don't know what they lose. We're just ha- we're just told what we're told. We you know even even the public audits from the, the community run teams are ridiculous. They don't tell you how much. Like you're telling me they're like there's, the CFL generates a ton of revenue. And the reality is, is stop trying to be like the NFL in in everything else except for except for like when it comes down to these situations. Like if you need to tail back expenses. Tailback expenses, be cost efficient. What we aren't seeing are the books. They won't show them to the government. I'm, I'm not saying the government is demanding them, but that would have helped with their situation. And we're not seeing them. And the reality is, is someone who likes to dig into things, I'm not doing the CFL's homework for them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. figure it out because what you think you're getting involved in with the XFL, yeah, it might be a situation where it's that or no football, but I don't know 100% that the that the gamble and I was with the rock at the beginning once I saw that on the press release I oh this is a great idea the CFL isn't cool they need branding these people do branding I've kind of cooled down on that because I really do think that there's not going to be a massive thing from Americans Americans love NFL so they're not it's like it's not like this XFL is going to all of a sudden be awesome because the rocks behind it in the states and if you're not getting the appetite from Canada who also loves the NFL and it's the CFL fans that drive this league that you're alienating, like, what are you walking into? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, to me, the thing, and I mean, listen, I realize there's a huge marketing component of the potential of the spotlight and maybe getting an influx of cash from a guy like The Rock is is massive. But to me, I mean, to me, the path to the greatest success in some sort of a merge league partnership, whatever you're going to call it, regardless of what the rules are, um, it's getting television in both the United States and Canada, it is moving the season up as early as possible. Um, so, you know, like the XFL have been playing a couple weeks after the NFL finished. I mean, they were literally starting in February. That's not going to happen here in uh, yeah. in Canada. But, um, you know, could you start games in and around this time, like the middle of April, um, the end of April? And then, you know, have games basically from April, May, June, July, August, September, and finish the season in and around the beginning of NFL season. And the reason I say for that is the the growth of this, of, of professional sports, of sports media, is honestly on the backs of a few industries right now. 
the growth of fantasy sports, and by far number one, sports wagering. It's being legalized throughout the United States. Single-game wagering is coming to Canada. And the amount of money that will be spent just by the books to get in, partnering with leagues, partnering with teams, is is significant. Football is by far the number one betting sport on the planet. And I, I really do believe that if they had their ducks in a row, got the games out, and had the ability to kind of position themselves in between the NFL and the college football and NFL seasons, that gives them the best chance to succeed long-term and expand all these revenues that we talk about that are desperate for the, for the league to actually survive. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, yeah. If that's, I mean, if that's, if that's essentially the, the game plan, that's I a think lot it would of be better for fans too. I mean, honestly, yeah. like I don't think that hurts attendance at all. I mean, how many people wanted to go to that the week 18 game uh, in the first week of November before the playoffs next year? I mean, just look at the attendance year after year after year. Oh, I mean, I'd way rather go to a game where it's five degrees in April, as opposed to minus three in November. I mean, just the entire mindset of fans is completely different at that point. See, like, I'm not, and I'm not going to argue with that. Like, I have a majority of your points today. I, I just, I, I, I don't think there's, yeah, like, I mean, that, that's ultimately the goal. If you want to be NFL light or you want to be a development league, I know that they're saying they don't. Um, I, I got to get, I can't get over this, like, world league. I think that's an absolute, like, bananas idea. I, I, being sold, like, crazy. Like, I mean, in this whole shift from CFL 2.0, I just don't get, we have a whole other session for that. But you know, and I'm pro CFL 2.0. I'm just it's it's just pivoted to be unrecognizable to a certain degree. So at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, is that the ideal situation? Is that the, is that the ideal plan? And, and would that result in in fans who may might like you know who follow the NFL and and might like you know to see where some of those teams' draft picks go and, and if that, if they can find a home in this like spring league that's spread across North America? Yeah, great. That would be awesome. If it's single, you know, if we're talking about single game wagering here and 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 and, and tv contracts and and grouping with the legitimacy because i'll tell you what the, the leadership of cfl ain't getting that if they're attached with the rock they're probably getting it so yeah that, that's a good thing i just i'm left here thinking to myself that you know of all the things that didn't survive and of, of how deep the pockets are you know in, in, in other teams that you know the cfl's been through a lot and maybe i shouldn't be reading ed willis's uh cross-border book right now about the u.s u.s expansion oh. Because it's 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 honestly like I feel like I'm we're reliving it, and it's just like it's just like and it, I mean the Rock isn't some of the owners in the U.S. as people will know who follow this, so it's it's different, but it just feels like we're we're kind of going back there and we're repeating some of the same. Where's Lonnie Gleiberman right now? We'll have to get him on the horn sometime. Oh, Marty Gras night, <laughs> Marty Gras night. So yeah, that, that's uh, that's extreme uh, family football. <laughs> hey Hammer, uh, listen, I could do this for another hour with you. Thank you so much for the time um again folks check out jeff's piece today in the winnipeg free press um you be well my friend and now uh, let's do this again soon yeah i appreciate it i appreciate you bringing me on before tom so i have to follow that up so uh <laughs> with, with that too and and then and just you know boyish good luck so pre- appreciate you having me on and uh and for letting me letting me talk about jay and uh check out the graham james series too there's there's a lot of lessons in there and uh i you know appreciate being on Right on, Hammer. Have a great one. There's uh, Jeff Hamilton at Jeff K. Hamilton on Twitter, and you can read his work in the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, we're going to get back to the Jets. Big game against the Oilers coming up. Uh, Before that, 
as I mentioned, it's finally, we're getting out of this week. Uh, the one week of winter we seem to really have happened in April, uh, but it's time to get back out. Royal Sports is your spot for spring, soccer, baseball, expanded fitness gear. If you are playing hockey right now, of course, they've got the biggest hockey selection in the city. Uh, but bikes, everybody wants to get on bikes. There's a worldwide bicycle shortage right now, and yet Royal Sports is getting new inventory on a weekly basis, including e-bikes starting at 1350 Pop down, see Greg, Gerald, the great team at Royal, and tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And, of course, game night tomorrow. Always a great time for the Boston Pizza game night deal. Spicy pierogi pizza, the Meteor, and a 24-pack case of wings. Or you can, uh, any night, grab pizza flights or a Molson Canadian, get entered to call your shot. Instant Boston Pizza gift cards. A home a custom built odr for next winter at your home or even a vip nhl experience you can get that at any manitoba boston pizza dine in takeout or delivery all right from one gorgeous human to another we move from jeff hamilton to our good friend handsome tommy gazola in edmonton getting us ready for a big game tomorrow between the oil and the winnipeg jets tom what's up great to talk to you again my man Huss, thanks for having me on, man. I, I miss you. Um, I appreciate your chirp after the TV vehicle draft the other day. I went all in, man, and people are still talking about it. And uh, <laughs> I'm feeling the burn right now. I finished dead last. I think I got uh, the dead last vote because people just want to spite me because of my trade that I made with Dustin Nielsen. But I am quite proud that I was able to get the true Ecto-1 with the very (laughs) last pick in the draft due to our good friend, my colleague, Tyler Uramchuk, being so young and not knowing the difference between the (laughs) Ecto-1 and the Ecto-1A. And if you know Ghostbusters, big difference. (laughs) That was an amazing closing round pick. Of course, Dusty uh, uh, having some fun with drafts as we did on our program. You can check out that podcast earlier on. A scandalous trade to begin with. Let's just say you're not being hired for GMing anytime soon (laughs) for fake drafts. Um, No. Fill us in on what's going on with the Oilers. Well, not much over the course of the past week, I guess. I know when we saw the schedule, I think Jet fans were going, this is perfect. They're going to play in Vancouver on Friday night and then have to fly late for a game against the Jets on Saturday. Well, that's not happening, but still probably not ideal to be just idle for a week right now. Well, what's going on with the Oil? Yeah, and and Haas, they had this scenario happen a few weeks ago where they got stuck in Montreal doing nothing. They were twiddling their thumbs at the hotel there even though it's a great hotel, but like it's the redundancy of, you know, rink back to your room, a little bit of time in the games room and all of that. And now all of a sudden uh, they find themselves in that same situation. The only difference is they're at home now. They've got their spouses and girlfriends and stuff with them, their dogs to kind of keep the mind sharp and actually be doing stuff. Plus they're at the rink practicing. So it's been a weird week. And, and, you know, the whole Vancouver scenario has thrown a wrench into the plans. I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword too, because, you look at it, it's like, okay, you're going to play the Canucks, and they were, if they were to have played tonight, I mean, the Canucks, what would you huh. realistically expect from them? So the Oilers would have been licking their lips, being, all right, bring it on. We want these two points. And then they'd have to fly to Winnipeg, uh, go across a couple time zones, play that late game uh, there, and then come back to Edmonton, back to Mountain Time, play the Habs on Monday. It would have been a, a, just a nightmare three and four. So now – They get an extra day of practice, which they had today. It was an optional. We didn't really get a look at lines or anything. Um, They can go play the Jets tomorrow, then come back home, get ready for the two against the Habs. 
And then the other thing too is, is that situation a few weeks ago against Montreal where they were just absolutely flat against the Habs. The Habs practiced once before they played the Oilers. They practiced the night before at like 6.45 Eastern, and then they spanked Edmonton. Edmonton was awful in that game. They had played the night before in Toronto. I think maybe, just maybe, they have that experience now of dealing with a similar scenario where they might be able to handle it a bit better. But if you're Winnipeg and you're looking at the Oilers, you're going – you're probably going to be pretty flat. So we're going to come at you hard in the first period and try to jump all over you before the orders can find their legs and, and get into a groove. Um, it's a r- really weird scenario. And, and Huss, I know you've been all over this season too going, I don't even know what to make of this anymore. <laughs> it's just like, who knows? It's so bizarre, but it's something we expected in this messed up season that's the best way to describe it no i think it's a good way of putting it and 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 you know i'm fascinated with the game tomorrow because you have a team that's coming off you know a week a week layoff and you know and you mentioned what they looked like coming off that layoff the last time um and then you've got a team in the jets who've been so good on the road i believe they're the top road team in the league right now if i'm not mistaken coming off a great road trip and for whatever reason we've all seen teams over the course of life stink in their first game home after coming off the road but but this is a very big game I mean you know we haven't talked as much about the Oilers for the last week because they haven't been playing (laughs) but I mean the Jets with that win last night in Toronto and you know those quick four points are three back and have the lease at home for three games next week um you know if you've got your eyes on first place uh, the good thing is having a team like Edmonton come in i mean there's no way you overlook that team as opposed to maybe some teams that are further down in the standings uh, but it does set up a really interesting three-way race for as i talked earlier um a, a division banner normally doesn't mean very much but i will argue to most canadian fans for bragging rights with all their other friends that are the other ones this one actually does count and I think this final 12 games is going to be really exciting, especially here in Winnipeg this week with the Oilers here on Saturday and then the Leafs for the three final games of the season series. Yeah, oh, buckle up, Huss. That, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And like to see Winnipeg playing the way that they are kind of gives me a little validation. And, I, and I'm not pandering to the Jets faithful and everyone in Manitoba and Winnipeg in particular, but I actually said it hey, this Jets team is pretty good. Keep an eye out for them. Their forwards are great. Goaltending is all world. And then the defense, I know that's where people want that team to improve and and uh, Chevy to pick up some some guys for them to, to be a little bit better on the back end. But I think it's sneaky good too. And and you can get past that. So it's nice to see them uh, living up to that. And, and this three-headed monster that is the North Division at the top, is really interesting because if you look at it from an Oilers perspective, when they got close, every time they teased with first in the division, they faltered. And it's usually because of the Leafs. The Leafs have had their number. They went 3-5-1 and one against Toronto this year. And then the other thing, too, is Edmonton hasn't been particularly good against Montreal. They have had had some success against the Jets. Uh, they swept Ottawa, which, you know, at first glance, you'd probably be like, well, it is Ottawa, but at the same time, like Ottawa's given every other team in the division fits, and then they've kind of gone back and forth with Calgary. So I don't know what to expect, but it's been fun. It, this is going to be a, a really neat couple of weeks here or a month now that the, the season's being extended because of COVID. I, I honestly don't know what to expect. I, I'll say this, though. If the Oilers don't end up playing Winnipeg in the first round and end up getting uh, Toronto or Montreal for whatever reason, um, 
they're going to have to change the way they play. Their style, for whatever reason, does not mesh well against the Leafs or the Habs. Let me ask you this, Tom, because, you know, I think in both of our cities, there was a lot of expectation that maybe the GM would go out and, you know, make a significant move. I think Chevel Dayoff was in a much better situation to do that with their cap. And, you know, we saw his level of frustration. We're not too sure what happened or didn't happen at the last minute, but Jordy Ben came here. Dmitry Kulikov, former Jet, is on the way to Edmonton. Um, knowing how hamstrung Ken Holland was, what are the expectations in Edmonton for this club? Because from outside looking in, you've got two of the best players on the planet. Nuge is out right now. Um, it, it, I'm not sure there's a more top-heavy team in the league right now than the Edmonton Oilers. And the question is, when you get up against a team like the Jets that can roll four lines and is pretty deep 1-12, to 12, you wonder how those teams match up. Yeah, and for whatever reason, the Oilers match up well against them. I think the Jets bring the best out of the Oilers. And and the other thing, too, noticing how Montreal and Toronto plays Everton, they're right on top of the Oilers. They give them no space to move, no room to make plays, and the Oilers like to wheel and deal. And it seems like anytime they lock horns with the Jets, we do see more flow and more back and forth, and it isn't as tight checking and and the Jets don't seem to be on top of the orders all over the ice the same way that uh, the Habs and, and the Leafs are able to choke them out. So, you know, speaking of Kenny Holland and his scenario and uh, the Oilers fans, it, it was weird. Like at the deadline on Monday, especially Sunday, Monday, Oilers Twitter was a weird place. Like there was outright vitriol anger about the Oilers not getting Taylor Hall. And <laughs> I mean, I was like, I, I just tweeted the quote from Kenny Holland where he, at first he's like, when he was asked, you know, were you in on Taylor Hall? He's like, I don't even know if I can answer that. And he goes, no, the answer is no. And I just tweeted, no, the answer is no. Like the direct quote. And people are like, that's not true. He was in on him. He's just not saying it. Why didn't you quote the entire thing? Like, Oilers Twitter, the Oiler verse is a very strange place right now. I think it's, I don't know if it's delicate, but like there's some people that don't want to recognize the fact that they have a good team now. And there's others that are already so far beyond thinking that it's a good team that they're disappointed. It's not a outright contender in their mind. Uh, I, I don't know how to like, you try to rationalize it for people when you're on the air and and some of them just tell you to, to shut up and, and tell you everything that's wrong with this team. And, and they forget that, hey, it's a work in progress and things are going decently well. I, 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 it blew my mind. Like, hey, let me this ask team. you this. Let me ask you about Taylor Hall because okay. his, his um, place amongst Oiler fans has always interested me. And, you know, doing shows with Dusty and, you know, and listening and hearing, especially this week, with how many people were talking about Hall. It kind of reminds me, it, 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 I imagine a similar situation with Patrick Liney in Winnipeg in about three years when he might be on the block or he might be a free agent. There'll be a big part of the, of the Jet fans will be like, get him back at all costs. We need him. We love the guy. And then there'll be others that's, you know, that say, absolutely not. Remember what happened before. Um, is he as polarizing an ex-Oiler uh, in the Oiler-verse as there is? Oh. Yes, a hundred percent. Like, it's funny. You get the vocal few that are so, I think they're still slighted by that trade five years later that they 
want some semblance of vengeance. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and they make it be known that this guy has to come back here and you know enjoy success with this club because of of what happened back then. Uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. And then there are those out there too that are just like, come on, forget about it. Listen, great player. It's over. It's done with. But like, why are we beating ourselves over the head time and time again? Every time his name pops up there and it, it stirs the drink, it gets people going. It's, it's easy clicks. It's easy listens. That's for sure. But it, it just, it gets really frustrating to us. You know what it's like <laughs> where you're just like, guys, please let's be realistic about this. He's not coming back. And, uh, it, it very polarizing to to answer your question, well, especially and, when they saw him yeah. move for a second round pick. That just drove everybody nuts too. And, oh yeah, and it's funny. I mean, you know, the the whole Taylor Hall thing. We'll spend too much time on him, but you know, I think we've seen how his stock has dropped, at least in some people's minds. In that, you know, Nick Felino went for a first rounder, Paul Mary went for a first rounder, and I mean that would have been there for Lou Lamorello, um, and they and probably Kyle Dubas as well. And they figured that though other players were the ones that make those guys better teams come yep. to the playoffs. So it is what it is. As far as the team that we're going to see tomorrow night, doesn't sound like the Nuge is going to be back in. I know that we've seen con- pretty consistently for the past month, Dreisaitl and McDavid play together. Um, without Nuge, do you expect that to continue? Or will we see Dreisaitl and McDavid centering their own lines tomorrow night here in the peg? I think we're going to see them split up and you look at what Winnipeg throws at you in terms of a balanced attack. And if, if Dave Tippett keeps Nugent hop or pardon me, McDavid and dry together, there is no Nugent Hopkins, obviously like you alluded to. Um, then it would create a scenario. I could see where every second shift uh, where McDavid and dry are not out there together. The orders are getting caved in and, and I'm not saying uh, that they don't have decent forwards and decent other lines, but Winnipeg's lineup is is so stacked and so steady that it can come at you and wave after wave after wave. Where if you're getting caved in, I mean, it doesn't matter how well Mike Smith is playing, uh, some of those shots are going to go in. You're going to give up great A scoring chances. You need to start pushing uh, the pace the other way, and you need to tilt the ice the other way as well. And that's by splitting up the the two monsters up front that the Oilers do possess. So I think we will see those two split up against the Jets. And and on top of that, I mean, when Dave Tippett spoke after today's optional skate before flying out to Winnipeg, he was asked about that. And, you know, he was kind of being coy, but I think the indicator is they're going to have to split him up and that he probably will when we see these teams hit the ice tomorrow. That's that's probably your best recipe for a win if if you want to go about it that way tomorrow night. Hey, season-wide, has Mike Smith been the most pleasant surprise for the Oilers this year? Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear vitriol? You should have seen when he got signed in the offseason. <laughs> well, I remember that. that it, was, was, it didn't seem like cool. a very popular move. Oh, it was. Uh, it was. There was some. The stuff that was being spewed was bad. But he has come in here, and he's shut up the naysayers in a big way. And, you know, even – even casual whispers of, of is he in Vesna contention? I doubt he is. I mean, but he's been excellent for them and really to everybody's surprise and in a good way. And but that's part of his character, Huss. Is like he's he's a battler. He he hears what people says or say and and he says, Oh yeah, I'll show you. And that's what he's done this year. 
Um, and he, I think he's playing, he has this, he's been around forever and he's got this kind of loose, uh, confidence mentality that he's kind of carried himself with. And I think that's also bred some success too. not worrying about things and letting things slide off his back whenever he heard stuff or if he let in a bad goal and then he's gotten the run support. So he's been absolutely, uh, at times for a lot of times this year, the backbone of this team. And, and that's with the two, uh, guys leading the, the scoring race right now. But Mike Smith has been excellent for them, absolutely. I saw Koskinen got a new mask. Um, you know, like, where's he at right now? I mean, is it sort of like Smith is just the starter, they go with him, and, you know, Koskinen gets the odd game where the schedule permits right now? That That's a great way to sum it up. He, Koskinen's numbers are good overall, but, I mean, he's gotten burnt on the first shot of the game five or six times this year. When he's been bad, he's been really bad. Uh, to his credit, he held the fort to a certain extent early in the season when they got off to that three and six start. They played him every game, and and he gave them a chance to win. The team wasn't playing particularly well in front of him, and so like you could look at his numbers and be like, well, it seems like Koskinen's given them a good season. The timing and the moments in games where he's allowed goals and the type of goals that have gone on, and and behind him, you're just like, geez, that's. That's not a $4.5 million a year goalie when you let in shots like that. So it, it's kind of deceiving when you look at his stats as opposed to his actual game film. Um, but yeah, it is Mike Smith is clearly the number one for this team and Koskinen basically gets the scraps. And then the other thing too, speaking of the Oilers fans, um, they basically want Alex Stalock to be the backup and maybe push Mike Smith a little bit, but at practice, we saw it again this morning. He's he's a bench warmer. He literally shares a net with Koskinen, and Koskinen takes eighty five percent of the drills. Stalock is sitting on the bench with his mask up, just kind of waiting for a spot to to give Koskinen a, a break. So it's interesting that way. But Smith is absolutely uh, one in the crease for the Oilers. Hey, uh, just before we go, um, you mentioned the schedule, and the Oilers have had two kind of pretty extended breaks now um what's the schedule looking like for Edmonton and how much more how many more games are they going to need to jam in at some point before the uh, end of the season uh well they've got the Vancouver games rescheduled this obviously the one that was postponed from today I don't it's funny because next week they only have two games during the week and they're both at home against Montreal so I don't know I'd have to look at Vancouver's schedule maybe they could get a game squeezed in there. I'm surprised they weren't able to squeeze in or tried the league uh, to squeeze in some games this week. Instead, they gave the team six days between games. Um, it's going to be busy going into the playoffs for the Oilers. That's that's the bottom line and not ideal, but they're not the only team. They're among a growing list of teams that are uh, getting dealt a pretty ugly hand when it comes to scheduling. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I look at the Jets schedule and it's pretty busy till the end of the year and they've got a dozen games left to play. Well, the Oilers have 14 games left to play and then wrap your head around how the Canucks are going to get this done. Vancouver's (laughs) played 37 games. They have 19 games left to play. It was originally supposed to be 19 and 31. Well, we're going to lose at least two or three of those 31. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be a real challenge to get these games in. But at the same time, Tom... You know, you've got a situation, for instance, like with the Calgary Flames, who have just won three in a row. They've got Montreal today. I had completely written Calgary off. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I will say Calgary's next six games, Montreal, 
Ottawa, Vancouver, and then three more against Montreal. If the Flames actually get hot right now and go on a run and most importantly win these head-to-head matchups against uh, Montreal, all of a sudden they're right in it. And then some of those games that people thought, oh, why would you even play them? Who cares for Vancouver? Actually have a major impact on that 4-5 spot and the race for the final playoff spot in the North. It's going to be interesting. I would laugh, though, if Ottawa puts that dagger in them coming up because Ottawa, for whatever reason, has been a thorn in their sides. Um, Good on the Flames because a week ago it it was a team in disarray. I I still, like, my hope for them or glimmer of uh, any chance of making it is so faint. I I think maybe if Montreal wakes up and beats them and, and, you know, seals their own fate, that's, that's probably the end of it, but it is intriguing to see them kind of bounce back. I still, Huss, I'm from here. I don't think it's going to happen. You're not going to hear me go, Hey, look at those flames. <laughs> no. Well, it, it is funny. I did the, uh, the, the show with the guys in Calgary yesterday afternoon and, you know, I was kind of picking their brains about where the fans are. We've got, you know, some people texting in and, you know, they don't even know how to feel. Like, they finally put together some nice wins, you know, against good teams. And you look at the schedule and think, well, maybe this is possible. But at the same time, I think what everyone seems to be expecting is the Flames will be will play well enough to get some hope up and fall just short and pick 14th or 15th in the draft as opposed to picking the top. And unfortunately for Calgary, that is something that would be history repeating itself uh, as we've seen it happen a number of times over the past dozen years. Oh, uh, the double-edged sword. But hey, Dems the rules. Ooh, geez. Okay, I think we might have some news on this game time tomorrow. Or maybe a little bit of a change. I've been on the air. We're trying to dig it up. But Tom, you might not have to be uh, doing that... Uh, post-game show for a Walters on White or whatever it is until 2 in the morning tomorrow because uh, I think we have that. So people are saying that I haven't heard any confirmation right now, but you better be ready to potentially work a little earlier. And I'm sure Saturday night for handsome Tommy Gazzold, you'd be more than happy with an earlier game, although not that there's anywhere to go or anything to do right now. I'm looking at my patio right now, and that's about as exciting as it gets, huh? So maybe if the Don Wheaton on White pre- and yes, post-game Tony. shows wrap up, it's a mouthful, trust me. And people are like, what show? Um, if it's done a little bit earlier and it's a nice night, I might have a couple of wobbly pops on my deck. Excellent. Well, folks, if you uh, want to hear more from Tom, he does post-game and pre-game coverage of Edmonton Oilers Hockey on TSN 1260, a great friend of the program. And, uh, man, this is great to have you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's do this again soon and enjoy the game tomorrow, pal. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me, Huss. Have a great weekend. This is be great. Have an awesome weekend as well. There's Tom Gazzola. Give him a follow on Twitter. Doing a great job covering the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, as I said, just a fun dude to talk to. We'll get him on a non-hockey season as well, having some fun and some laughs as we normally do. Great stuff with Tom and great stuff with Jeff Hamilton a little earlier today. I'm going to bring Remus back in here. Uh, but first, I want to give you a quick PGA Tour update, all our golf updates for Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. And how about Canadian Corey Connors, folks? Seven under 64 today. He was alone in the lead as the clubhouse leader. But the ageless wonder, Stuart Sink, after a 63 in round one, is five under for his round. He's got a two-shot lead. Uh, Some great names, though, on the leaderboard. Cam Smith of Australia, he's nine under. Colin Morikawa is nine under. 
former winner of this event, Wesley Bryan, who I think won at like 200 to 1. He's at 8 under right now. Uh, I see Abe Answer in the mix right there, Harold Varnell Jr. Will Zalatoris is 6 under right now. And uh, Sungjae Im at 5 under. Brandon Grace, 5 as well. Looking Canadian. There's Mackenzie Hughes. Mac Hughes, 4 under par. He's tied for 26. Should certainly be a part of the action on the weekend. Of course, Breezy Bend, our home course here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. They do have a waiting list for membership for next year. If you'd like to find out more, you can give Corey a call at Breezy Bend or find out more at breezybend.ca. All right. We've had a couple great interviews. Now let's get back to business with my man, Michael Remus, back at the Control Center. Remo, um, I've been following the chat. Um, do we have any more info or confirmation on this game tomorrow night? Or are these, is this just speculation from some eager viewers of WST? Yeah, I've been feverishly updating the ticker. So it has uh, the correct information. Uh, the NHL put a release. Mike McIntyre tweeted it out. Some big NHL schedule changes impacting the Jets because of the Canucks situation. Tomorrow's game against Edmonton, it is now 6 p.m., not 9 p.m. Oh, so that's happening? That is official. Confirmed. Confirmed. Oh, So yes! So there you go. Wednesday's game against Toronto is now Thursday. So that's a small change because Toronto is playing Sunday, Tuesday against Vancouver. Okay. And f- there's a game next Friday against Toronto, and that is now May 14, which is the end of the season. So that's what oh, we have wow. now. So if you have a playoff draft or something, I guess it's going to be shortly after May 14, although maybe the playoffs are going to be set. Like, is that game going to have any meeting? It could be for first place. Um, wow. It could, be, it could be completely irrelevant. So we'll wait and see. Uh, they released – I tweeted out from the Winnipeg Sports Talk account. Greg Wyshynski posted a graphic of all these schedule changes, and I kind of just scanned Winnipeg. But, like, every game for Vancouver has been rescheduled, and they're ending with three games against um, against Calgary, it seems like. There's like, so a, this like, there's like four, a- There's, like, four Calgary games. So uh, Vancouver-Calgary, they have games scheduled up until May 19th. Wow. Okay, so they're obviously realizing that they're not getting it done. So we basically added an extra week to the uh, to the schedule. A yeah. hilarious thing would be would be is if the if the Vancouver game was Vancouver Calgary. They were both out. The playoffs start on the seventeenth of May, and yet Vancouver and Calgary are playing game fifty six of the regular season two days after the playoffs start. Yeah, they gotta have some kind of consolation cup or something. Like, give them something to play for. Give them a, a bonus, like they do in the All Star game. I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> Who the hell would give a damn about a bonus in a game between two teams that haven't missed the playoffs in the final game of the regular season? The fans, the fans, uh, they're paying to go to the game, huh? Oh wait, that's not not happening. So I don't know. I have no okay, idea. Oh, our pal Owen Catelli. Um, he said, haha, NHL put the Jets and the Leafs for a final season game. How dramatic. Damn yes. right. It could be dramatic. I mean, I was talking about how, for the first time in forever, this division banner, at least to me, means a lot. I would love nothing more than to see that hanging in Winnipeg. And I think most fans would love it. Just the bragging rights amongst your friends that are fans of other teams, a great memory of this strange year where it was all Canadian teams all the time. And I'll tell you what, if the Jets, so instead of having three in a row at home this week against the Leafs, they've got two in a row. 
and presumably that was a home game rescheduled, so that'll be here in Winnipeg. I mean, that to me is sort of a dream scenario, and it would feel like a playoff game before the playoffs, Remus. And I think that if there, if the if the division title was on the line in that game, I can't think of a much better way to ramp yourself up for the intensity of playoff hockey than playing a game in that situation. If the Jets were lucky enough to close the gap and be in that spot in the final day of the regular season. Oh yeah, I mean that's going to be huge. Big TV ratings. I mean, you thought that. You're going to rest Blake Wheeler for the last game of the season before the playoffs. I mean, it's entirely possible, but the way the schedule is now, those could be a big, uh, big two points. Could we even see if a team needed to, you know, not go to this uh, loser point situation? A team pull their goalie in a tied game in regulation. Everything is on the table. Uh, I think that could be very exciting. So uh, NHL knows what they're doing. They're probably going to put it at a good time. That's not going to be a 9 p.m. Home start. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. 10 p.m. Eastern get, time, just to stick it to everybody. You're going to get the Sportsnet A-team announcers for sure. It's going to feel like a big game, and uh, we'll, we'll get ready. We did also have some other uh, cancellations, actually. Uh, the Avalanche. Uh, jur- All this happened us while you were talking to Tom, and I'm like... Okay, <laughs> like, update me. I, I need crazy. the update as much as everybody else does. I'm going crazy updating the ticker. During this, so the Avalanche have had a couple new COVID cases. They're up to three. They first they canceled the morning practice. Now they've canceled their next three games. Two of them versus LA, and Tuesday again versus St. Louis. So that's all. I gotta. I have some edits I gotta make on this ticker, but they're they're all. That's what's going on. So you've missed a lot, Hus. Well, um, you know, they were great conversations. It certainly got me fired up for this I, upcoming week and the game yes. tomorrow night against Edmonton. Um, and now I'm, I'm actually really pumped about this, this change because now if we want to go out to watch the game, you don't get kicked out after the first period. Um, not that everyone should be going out. But as I mentioned, if you do live alone and you want some semblance of seeing other humans, usually the game's a good time to go and do that. Um, as well as being able to maybe get into it a little bit earlier because I'll be doing the CGOB show at 4 o'clock as opposed to 7 o'clock, which um, certainly will work better for yeah. the schedule as well. Hey, someone was asking in chat, and this was a great topic, you know, not only a banner hanging at Bell MTS Place, if the Jets were to win the North Division. But you know what else comes? North Division champion merch. Hus. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they have hats. There's t shirts. There's commemorative hockey pucks. There's going to be mugs, oh. beer glasses, Listen, all that stuff. Think about I it. I guarantee Hus. you this. I guarantee you this. If whatever, whatever well, let's, just, let's just talk Jets here. Yeah. From as someone that has worked on the other side, like for organizations and on the business side of things, the potential, I mean, normally you're like, oh, great, the division champs, we've clinched it. You know, you sell a couple hundred t shirts to the most keen people and then you move on to the playoffs because you're hoping to win more things. But the division champs alone would certainly be worth some good merch. And Best case scenario, you win the division and make it out of the North Division in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you've got an entire line, the Kings of the North, Kings of Canada, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you can, it doesn't even matter if you go out in the final four, you win the division, you beat all the other Canadian teams. I mean, that is a championship in itself in the minds of, I think, so many fans this year. Um, way different than winning your division in any other incarnation of NHL hockey that I can remember. You know they have the trophy for winning the Western Conference that nobody wants to touch? 
which we yeah. talked about how it's the dumbest. They they yeah. should have one for the North Division, no? Like uh, we've said that from the beginning of the season. Remember, it was going to be the Tim Hortons Cup, or and then yeah. Scotia Scotia Bank Scotia that, sponsored it. It'll be so. like a giant like S logo or something, right? <laughs> for you know, in gold. Uh I, I am going to miss the Canadian Division next year. I mean, I won't oh, it's miss. Gonna be terrible. Although, although I. I thought that the one thing that I would not like this year was the repetitive schedule, like playing teams over and over again, like consistently. Mm-hmm. I have loved it. I have not had an issue with it at all. Um, often when you go in for a two-game set, if you lose the first one, you know you got a chance to get right back at it the next time. Um, I, I was thinking that that would be – because I always think of it myself as you know, a season ticket holder. You know, you come in and – you know, you get the games. Like, do you want to see the same team back to back? Well, it wasn't an issue because no one was going to the games this year, and it certainly ramped up. I think a lot of the competitiveness and some of the uh, competitive juices in some of the games. Not that I'm a huge fighting guy, but we have seen more of that this year, and I think the schedule's been a bit a part of it. Um, but I mean, listen, if you had been able to have fans in the building, this would have been the greatest season ever, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, just the interest having the Canadian teams go head-to-head, although, of course, you do miss playing the American teams. I said early on, I was hoping that there would be some sort of way to keep some of this, and we heard Mark Chipman um, speak that, you know, he certainly was hoping there could be some increased Canadian play, and if that is the case, maybe, almost like they do in soccer, how they'll have, like, these different trophies or plates or whatever, it would be neat to have some sort of a Canadian plate or whatever you want to call it. Basically bragging rights for Canadian teams every year amongst the head-to-head teams. But we'll never, ever have an opportunity for anything like this to win a North Division in a season where it was exclusively head-to-head play amongst Canadian teams. And I think that's going to be top of mind for a lot of people when they look to the standings and see the Jets three points back at Toronto with a couple games now against the Leafs and potentially a game for all the marbles on the final day of the regular season. Yeah, you think I have followed any of the U.S. teams at all? There's only, as far as I'm concerned, there's seven. It's like a different league. There's seven teams in the NHL. It's not. It's in some other yeah, league. Do you watch I, the KHL? Yeah. Have you spend a lot of time, you know, watching Swiss hockey. I mean, that's just like another country, a different league. You're focusing yeah. <laughs> on the domestic product here in Canada right now. Canadian fans, Canadian show. So yeah, I love it, and I agree. I thought I'd get sick of seeing certain teams, but I think each time you play them again, it gets ramped up more. And you are, it's building, it is, you know, as we joke, joke about how much NHL wants to, like, build rivalries by this dumb playoff format where you only play in your own division. Having it in the regular season, I think it definitely, it definitely <laughs> has, and, and you have, you know, gotten that. But, uh, yeah, going forward, I mean, I think it's going to be unfortunate that you can't do it, and we are going to have to, you know, learn about more other teams. Although, you know, you're watching them from playing fantasy and stuff. But, uh I am. This North Division is the best, and uh, I love it. Seven teams, all Canadian. Every game, very important for bragging rights. And you just don't have that with the uh, with the U.S. teams. Uh, let's take a look at what's happened tonight and check yeah. our lines for Cool Bet Canada. Um, I, I embarrassing, embarrassing thing happened to me last night, Reem. So it was before the game, and I was on with the guys in Calgary, and we were talking about the Blue Jays and looking at the line, and we still didn't know who the starting pitcher was. So I went to look and see what the line was. And it was right about a pick between the Royals and Jays. And then, whatever, talking about some stuff, went back, saw the line moved, and all of a sudden the Royals were plus 123. So I'm like, whew, that sounds pretty good. So I bet them. And then, whatever, went on and did my business. So I watched the end of the game, Royals win, and I just keep looking at 
my and usually like you win a bet and it's credited like 30 seconds after the game's over and it never moved and it never moved so i hit up the chat and i said hey i'm just wondering why my royals win wasn't credited and the cool bet service is amazing i mean they literally got back to me in like 15 seconds on the chat i said can you just look into this they won last night it's bet number 983 or whatever the number was and she came back actually that game starts tonight at 6.10 p.m. Oh. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And I went through the whole sweat thinking that I did. The one positive thing was the line had moved, and I was actually able to cash out the bet at more than I bet originally. So I did take a small win on that. But then I went in a little double curling parlay this morning. Shout out to Tracy Fleury and uh, Eve Muirhead. That was a nice one. They've got all the odds for the curling out in Calgary for the Grand Slam Cup. So you can get on that. Um, and and here's a little preview for today's lock shop and the wide world of wagering, everybody. You can see that. We'll broadcast that at 9 p.m. Winnipeg time tonight on Twitter. We, the wide world of wagering will include uh, two Aussie Rules football picks, F1, what? a YouTube versus wrestler celebrity boxing match, and the first ever eSports parlay with both League of Legends and Dota. I went deep last night, Remo. Are you doing research on these? Oh, I spent two hours last night just digging in. And I was almost perfect last week in the wild world of wagering. We had a a three-match WrestleMania parlay that cashed. I won both of the Aussie rules bets. And the NASCAR pick, I had a guy won. He finished second. So I was that close to a perfect week in the wide world of wagering. So anyways, that's Lock Shop tonight. If you're listening to the pod show, uh, the podcast um, or not listening to the podcast, go to your podcast feeds, Spotify, Apple Pods, and just put in the Lock Shop. I do that with Dustin Nielsen, my pal from Edmonton and TSN. It should be a, a heck of a lot of fun. But let's take a look at these games this afternoon. Huge game today, actually. We do have an afternoon game. Not sure whether this is on the tube, but Calgary and Montreal Ream. And I don't know where you are at on the Flames, but I mean, I had buried them. And I said to the guys yesterday on Calgary, guys, I think if Calgary beats Montreal tonight and takes care of business next week against Ottawa and Vancouver and then has three more games against Montreal, Flames Twitter will be 90% Undertaker gifts of the team coming back and being alive. Because, I mean, they're four back with three games, uh, and Montreal has three games in hand. So the math is still ugly. But Jacob Markstrom's 4-0 against the Habs this year. He'll be back in net today. If they win this game and then have three head-to-head next week and close the gap, we actually could be talking about a significant playoff race between those teams. Still a lot needs to happen, but there is a little bit of life in Calgary, and they've looked pretty good. I will be uh, 1 plus 113 on the money line. Habs a home favorite at minus 133. Other games tonight in the league at Cool Bet. Islanders plus 100. Bruins home favorite at minus 118. You got the Sharks and Wild. Wild a heavy favorite at minus 196. Vegas a huge favorite on the road. Minus 250 at the Ducks. And then a big, big game tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as baseball goes this evening, that Jays game and Royals game that I bet last night, well, probably should have maybe kept the bet because the Royals now minus 103. Jays minus 110. Steven Matz on the hill tonight. And uh, Remo, we talked a lot last year, maybe just fantasy conversations about Matz. Um, you know, his time with the Mets or whatever. He had a nice start for the Blue Jays. And with all of these injuries, guys like that have a massive opportunity to really 
instill their worth to the to the baseball team right now with some of these other guys out. And um, Matt's had a nice start. I'll be looking forward to seeing what he can do tonight at the K against the Royals. Yeah, I know uh, Mitch in chat was high, very high on Matt to start the season. He's definitely showed flashes, and but health has always been an issue for him. And I think the Jays have definitely gone out and acquired some guys like Robbie Ray who have – you know, had success Ross Stripling as well, or Russ Stripling. Is it Ross or Russ? Oh, God. I'm having uh, yeah, a friend's, friends moment here. but um, And he's been good, too, <laughs> but I think he was hurt the other day. So uh, we'll see. Oh, there, yeah, we're posting in the chat. Uh, Dennis oh. is posting the, the stuff. Yeah, we, we got that. And then and I'm going to give a shout-out to um, Dennis Ferreira, who said he bet last night Connor and Shifley to get over, uh, what, two and a oh. half points? So how he, fired was De- how fired was Dennis when that empty netter went in to make it five two? That <laughs> that's the that's, someone that is a great feeling. Someone tweeted yesterday, nice work, like, Dennis. Someone tweeted yesterday like a Connor goal assisted by Shifley, the most. Uh, sorry, Connor empty net goal assisted by <laughs> Shifley, the most Winnipeg Jets goal ever. And I don't know what it is, Mark Shifley when he's on with an empty net, uh, he puts put get puts the puck in there and seals the game. I thought Wheeler was the empty net guy. Yeah, uh, either way. I mean, that's what everyone said. And then someone was like, Connor didn't even look at Shifley with the empty net. Well, good. Put it in the empty net. (laughs) Just score the damn goal. I mean, listen, there's no shame in scoring an empty netter. You're on. You win the game. Thank you very much. Put the point in the stats and let's go. Get the W. Um, So they did that. Gregory... Shout out to Greg, the OG, caller number one. He's, He's choked. He goes, you picked against Jennifer Jones, Huss. Shame. Greg, there's no shame in picking winners. And yeah. I'm sorry, Tracy Fleury was the winner today. And, and Jennifer Jones is sometimes a little overvalued. Fleury slept on. I'm still picking a Manitoba team, and we won. So uh, credit to me for doing wait, that, Greg. Whoa, Corbin Bugner, or what is that? Bugen. Corbin, thank you so much for the super chat. He says, I always listen to the podcast on my drive home. Found some time today to listen live. Keep up the great content and guests. Well done. Shout out to you, Corbin. Here I go. Corbin, thanks, Matt. Yes, yeah. Get get the horn. Get the horn right up there. There it is. Oh, oh Corbin, lighting the lamp in the super chat on Winnipeg Sports Talk on uh, a Friday afternoon. Oh man, I'm in a great. I will mood. say, talk about betting against. You, the reason why you can bet against your hometown, you know, Jennifer Jones uh, rank has. You know how they play better than anyone because they're your team. It's like betting against the Jets. You know when they're going to win, yeah. and when they're going to lose. What I don't bet against the Jets. I just don't bet. Right. Sometimes I will, but I usually abstain. And to be honest, I rarely, ah, sometimes, you know, well, this year it's been hard not to because we've been talking about how in the world are they plus 130 in this game or yeah. plus 150 over and over again. And listen, it's been prosperous. Uh, I, for people that haven't known about this before, Odd Shark has a really neat feature where you go in and it compares all of the teams and how they've done this year from a betting standpoint. So essentially, if you put $100 on the money line for a team to win every game this season. And they do that for all the teams. And the Jets were number two for a while, Carolina, but the first half of the season was number one. Was number one. The Jets have been number one ever since, and they added to the total last night with that win in Toronto. Um, but anyways, Corbin Bogan, thank you very much. It's great to know that you're listening on the pod, and it's great to have you here joining us here with us uh, in the YouTube on, uh, on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. 
Rima, what's up for the weekend? We're, uh, you know, we're kind of getting to that Friday afternoon time. People are thinking about maybe cracking some cans. I'm going to be doing a lock shop with Dusty, getting that ready to go. But uh, do you have any uh, any large-scale plans other than watching the game at 6 o'clock as opposed to 9 o'clock tomorrow night now? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We just got another, another oh, super Oh, get the chip. horn. Get the horn. Jerry... Uh, Jerry, 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 Jerry. <laughs> he, he says, he says, keep it up, boys. Uh, thank you so much uh, for that that super chat. That is a uh, very it's amazing, uh, very appreciated. Oh, good vibes today. Good yeah. vibes today in the chat yeah. room around the yeah. city. Everything other than the damn virus, we're good. Before I get into my weekend, I do want to bring up one thing. Uh, we mentioned it last week. We talked with Kyle Ballhari and go to last week's episode last Friday. Oh. We're about Jets Legends. They had another excellent edition last night of Jets Legends. These are must-watch during the intermission, looking back on the first 10 years of the Jets. Uh, this one was on the first exhibition game. Um, the, the feeling Were you there? The building. I was there. I was in the press box. Uh, I'm having, like, chills, like, thinking about it. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, it was a different game. They, you know, they talked about how there were no ads on the boards, which you never see. It was the first game. Everyone was going bonkers. And then Dustin Bufflin, uh, you know, with the lighting up, who was a Cody Bass, he dropping the gloves immediately. And they didn't even mention uh, Paul Postma scoring the first goal. That's your answer to the trivia question. But, uh, I mean, that just that one moment, no one will forget <laughs> it, how loud it was in there for a preseason game. It was amazing. And, uh, Buff and th- Stu ragging yeah. those dudes on the first shift. That was the most exciting shift in the history of preseason hockey in the National Hockey League. There is no doubt about it. There will never be an atmosphere like that again. Um, I would love it for any of you guys, for folks that are with us live right now on YouTube, if you were at the game, um, put in the chat what you remember about it or just what you thought about that Jets Legends. And listen, I'm going to give Balls credit, even though I'm sort of I'm sort of mad at Balls because I did text him during the game, uh, during the show, trying to find out about the game. And he gave me the old, ah, nothing official yet. No, no, that's good. At the same time when we basically had it confirmed. So, Balls, you're on the shit list for 10 minutes. That's it. Um, the, The Jets legends, though, was amazing. And I'm so glad they did that game because... I mean, uh, you were in the press box that day. Yeah. I used my seats. I, I really wanted to be in the stands uh, for that game. I didn't want to be. I mean, I basically wanted to be able to be in fan and be able to cheer and be able to take it all in. And I, I will ne- never forget it as long as I live. And it's funny. Uh, my old boss, Jim Ludlow, spoke about it in the piece, saying, you know, there were so many moments that you know, leading up to it in that summer when the team came back that were special and that were memorable. Uh, But to him, that was the moment where you know, wow, we have arrived. And, you know, the the first game against Montreal was special because it was real and it counted. But anyone that was wondering, and, you know, hearing from the players, I love what Mark Stewart had to say, um, you know, and Mark Shifley as well talking about, you know, being there first game. And for Shifley, he's a rookie. He's just been drafted coming out of junior hockey. These other guys have come from basically obscurity in Atlanta with no one giving a damn about their team and playing in a half-full building to the first preseason game and having that bedlam for a warm-up. I mean, it was like a playoff game. I mean, it, literally, that atmosphere reminded me of the whiteout playoffs back in Jets 1.0. 
Um, so, man, what a great call by the Jets to, to do that one for one of the Jets Legends series. And if you missed it last night, um, definitely get to the website and watch it. I'm sure it'll be up on the YouTube page yeah. as well. It is definitely worth your time. They are all on YouTube and social media after. So they're going to have a great collection of however many, 20 or 30 of these. Corbin Bugen says... It would have been cool if they could have gotten an excerpt video from Buff. I, I agree. That was the one thing that was missing. Maybe they had Mark Stewart. Uh, Buff, on, I mean, he's, he's difficult to track down, doesn't like talking, but uh, maybe one day when we can hear everything from right Buff. Right here. Right here. <laughs> Buff on WST. But I'm yeah, working, those... working some angles. You know, some of the, the guys in the fishing world, you know, some skidoo dudes to. You know, say if there was ever if there's ever a time or place that Buff could come on, be relaxed, have some laughs, tell some stories. I don't think there's a better venue in all of the internet than right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So the invite is officially out for Big Buff. We'll see if we can get him at some point in the future. Dare to dream, number one on the hit list for us here at Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Oh my God, we got another super chats are coming here. What? Adam Hendrickson. What? Buy another round of drinks on me tonight. Oh, Holy Adam. Geez. Thanks, guys. That You know what? I got to tell you, it, it just in all sincerity, um, these Super Chats are amazing just to, to know the support that people have had. But it's so much more than that. It's the people that are hanging out with us every day in the chat. It's the people that are telling their friends uh, about Winnipeg Sports Talk and you know where to subscribe and how to find us. It's guys like Matt Bergen today who popped by one of our great sponsors, the Dairy Queen of Polo Park, and fired off a tweet and letting everyone know that, you know, they're there supporting us. It's been, I got to tell you, Remus, I mean, I've been in this city doing this, making relationships for a long time. I've done things on my own before. I've done things working for people. And I don't think I've ever felt the support or the the, the love of people and the and the belief in what we're doing as much as I have over the course of the last five weeks or so from the people that are here and the people that are supporting us every day. I'll say this. This week has been um, one thing that's been super fun. Um, you know, it's great having guests on. It's great talking at the start of the show. But the last, like, you know, it used to be like 15, 20 minutes. Now we're kind of getting into a thing where you just sit here for 45 minutes and, um, and talk to people in the chat, uh, whatever comes up. Uh, mostly, you know, we keep it to, to jet stuff. Mostly we do venture to other stuff, but, uh, I mean, just sitting, chilling, uh, hanging out, talking about whatever and guys interacting with the chat has been the most fun, uh, the last week. So I have really been loving that. Hopefully people who listen on podcast, um, it comes through as well. I mean, we're not really doing too much visual stuff once in a while. We'll put stuff on screen, but, uh, this has been, been pretty awesome. Yeah, well, once again, Adam Hendrickson, thank you so much, and thanks to everyone else that's been with us. Um, you know, it, it's a hell of a way to finish up another great week on Friday. And I will tell you, there's a bit of a tease. I'm not going to say who, where they're from, but we have been working on a very special guest for early next week. Fingers crossed that we make that happen. I can guarantee you if this comes through, um, the majority of you will be elated to hear from this individual if we can make it happen. So there's a little bit of a tease for you all going into the weekend. But I can tell you, Remo, we'll get after it on Monday, and we will be coming out of this game against the Edmonton Oilers, and we'll look ahead to the week. Sorry, just fill me again in on the schedule. It was supposed to be the Jets were supposed to play the Leafs on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday of next week. That was the original schedule. 
Which game? Yes. Which game? The Wednesday game. So the Wednesday game is now Thursday. Okay. And the Friday game. So so tomorrow's game. First of all, this changed. Tomorrow's game was nine. It's now six. Six. Okay. The Central you. Time because we're in Winnipeg. And <laughs> Wednesday game is now Thursday. It was supposed to be Wednesday at six. I forget the time, but the, but it's now Thursday. The Friday game is now May fourteenth at the end of the season. Okay, so those, so, it's only three. It's only two games that have changed. One game just changed time. So you know what? This is actually going to work out kind of nice, I think, for the Jets. So they'll play this game on Saturday. Probably get a day or two off, which I'm sure they very much need after how much time they've been on the road. Um, you know, not playing a single road game in their own time zone, uh, and then um, you get three days to prepare for that game and then two days in between and then another shot against the Leafs. So um, this will be a great time to both, you know, practice, actually get some legitimate practices, especially with some of these new players, get Jordy Ben in, familiarized. And then, as I said, the carrot at the end of all of this, and there's a lot of things that need to happen in the meantime for us to get this scenario, but the potential of Game 56, Winnipeg-Toronto for the North Division banner, that would be a dream end to this season, I think, for the majority of people here listening to this program. Oh yeah, that would be uh, that would be huge. And I think a lot of people are coming around and realize uh, on some of the national shows. Hey, um, you know, are the Jets the best team in the North? Um, maybe. I mean, just maybe after last night. Now I know the Leafs are missing Matthews and they didn't have Nylander, but that was a solid, convincing win. The Jets didn't have didn't have Wheeler. But I mean, they still had Ehlers, Shafley, Connor. I mean, you, those forwards, plus the you know bottom group of forwards as well. That fourth oh. line has been awesome. The third line, steady oh, all by year. By the way, you know, you know who we, I, I was so excited about Ehlers and Kyle Connor's goals and Hellebuck. We did not mention maybe the most important stick tap of the entire game last night goes to the penalty killers: Derek Forbert, Dylan Demello, Adam Lowry. I mean, I can't be the only one that saw the Jets down one nothing and killing a five-on-three for over a minute in the first period and thought this was the start of something bad. And to me, that PK right there, that was pretty much the thing that turned it around. It gave the Jets the opportunity to have that offensive explosion. And five minutes after that, the Jets were up 3-1 to one and off to the races. I saw some stats about the Maple Leafs power play. Um, it's been awful. Like one for their last 50 or something like that. It didn't look good last night. I don't even know how that's possible. When you, I know Matthews wasn't there yesterday, but how is that possible with Matthews and Martin? It makes no sense. And Riley makes, on that. That's been a huge topic around Toronto. And I mean, early in the season, it was phenomenal. But for the last month, it has been ice cold. And um, hey, you know what? Hopefully it stays that way for hey, the next little while. We also didn't talk about yesterday, uh, Paul Maurice dropping a classic F-bomb. That's what, is that like his <laughs> trademark move now? Paul Maurice telling the ref to F off. <laughs> this is here you go. I'm gonna like how he how he lowered the mask and made sure that the ref could hear it. Oh, are you gonna Okay, I'm gonna recreate this. <laughs> this is from last night on the bench. Brutal penalty to Dylan DeMello. <laughs> right, here we go. And then <laughs> if you're listening on podcast, Hustler is wearing a, a Chiefs mask and making sure to pull it down so uh, the ref can hear it because we all know, Hustler, when you have a mask on, uh, the ref can't hear you. 
but when, but when <laughs> it the out, best. they'll be able to hear you no problem. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, this week has been a little bit of some of like the Maurice's greatest hits. And I mean, we've been spoiled because he is as interesting a man and is a great an interview as there is in hockey for coaches. But when we came back from like, you know, his anger and irritability after the Monday game in Ottawa, coming back, some of the questions that he didn't really like from some of the assembled oh, yeah. media, um, and then talking about the win and what the team was able to do. And then, of course, last night with, uh, I mean, nothing will ever beat the bleep you, bleep you, bleep you too. I mean, that might be the best coach gif of all time. But in the COVID world, Maurice just quickly sliding it down to do that F off and then putting it back up. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's that is definitely on the Maurice 2021 highlight reel and an all timer with the Jets. There's nothing more, uh, nothing that screams more 2020, 2021 than a coach pulling down his mask to make sure the ref could hear it. <laughs> Oh, no man, one's ever that's... had a conversation with their masks on. It's never happened. So God, it's like, I don't know what kind of mask he's wearing. Maybe it like mutes his voice. Uh, so he can't it's yell like one that. of those medical ones. So it could be it could be more difficult to get the point across. I don't oh, know. Anyways, that's in, probably a great way. Instant to, uh... noodles wants the link to the GIF. Uh, oh. let, me, let me put it put it in chat. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to get I don't want to get DMCA'd by the uh, NHL, so I'm not going to throw it in here. I think you sent it to me. I'll pull it. Yeah, out. Oh, oh, here it is. Uh, I, I have it. I'll I'll just post it in chat. Um, where was asking? You're asking was about the Darcy? weekend. You're asking about the weekend. Well, I was asking. Yeah, have you uh, have you figured that out? Are you going back to the zoo? Everyone just sort of assumes you've got a standing zoo date on the weekend. Uh, yeah, and someone offered to bring their dogs over too, so my son could look at them, which was very nice. Also, uh, I don't know. We asked my son if he wanted to go to the zoo yesterday. He was very noncommittal. He was like, mm. <laughs> "So <laughs> not going to the zoo? I am gonna. I have to build a toy for him. I, I can. What should I show it? It's yeah, down yeah, here. yeah. Get yeah, get grab that while you're doing it. So Remus, I was talking to him before about. Oh, so what's going on? What do you have to have to do? He's like, well. I've got to build something for Evan, which I'll show you. And to be honest, folks, this would be a stream that I could get behind. You know, the 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 Michael Remus handyman. So what do we have here? This is a ride and rescue cozy coop. There we are. It looks like a little fire engine or something, Reem. That's uh that's pretty tight. Yeah, I got this car. Uh cozy coop, ride and rescue. <laughs> so we bought it. And we're going to open it last weekend. And my wife's like, yeah, we'll just take it out of the box. He's going to go take it for a ride. It's going to be awesome. I go to open it. Like, obviously, there's like a million pieces, and I got to put it together. So I don't know. I can do it tonight. Hopefully, it doesn't take me like a couple hours. I'll probably yeah, put on stream podcast. That. No, I'm not streaming it. <laughs> Live I'll, stream of it. I definitely <laughs> won't be streaming like my wife and I doing it together because there will definitely be a lot of arguments. So No, no, no. This would be – no, don't – Leah will, will not be involved. You need to do this yourself, but Leah can do the camera and do commentary of how yes. well or poorly you're no. doing at your task. That's going to be on Winnipeg. That's the content that people need, dude. It's going to be on Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, YouTube tonight, uh, eight, uh, <laughs> 9 or 10 p.m. late night. I'll be putting this thing together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I did talk to Dustin, uh, to Dusty, who I do the lock shop with. Check that out tonight, by the way. Um, he has a little girl and bought, like, the Barbie dream home for Christmas. 
and had to put it together and confided in me afterwards that it made uh, it, it made IKEA furniture look like it was already assembled. So I think you're probably in a better spot with that little car than with something like the Barbie Dream Home Ream, but I am still interested as to how you uh, how you make it I, work. For me, I, yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I put together his tool. He's got a tool bench. I put that together, no problem. That was pretty easy. Well, you're growing. He, he you're hammers. growing as a father. You're growing as a father and a man. I'm very impressed. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll all be getting tips for you on Monday on how to assemble kids' toys. Um, I'm going to be doing the pregame oh, show whoa, tomorrow. Whoa, someone OB. says Lowry, Lowry yep. signed. Is that confirmed? That Do just we? happened? Oh, this would be if excellent. this is fake news in the chat, I'm yeah. going to be very upset. This guy's getting bad. Oh, Elliot Friedman tweets 29 seconds ago, Adam Lowry signed, extends a Winnipeg. Five years, $3.25 million. That seems like a bargain. No? Seems whoa, like really whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, get the uh, get the horn. Get the horn. We have yeah. a signing, I'll, I'll, signing to announce. I'll put it. Yeah, we have a signing to announce. Adam Lowry, back with the Jets. Here. Five years. Three point two five million AAV. I just want to bet with balls that his contract is less than four million a year. Credit to me for that. Um, but I got to tell you, that is awesome news. Um, and I think a very fair, a very fair price. Um, and, and to be honest, I think really smart for Adam Lowry as well. You know, again, you know, he gets the term, he gets the security, and um, the Winnipeg Jets stay pretty deep down the middle. For a long, long time. What do you? What was your first reaction to that, Reem? That's amazing contract. Um, you know, Adam Lowry. First of all, you have to wonder how much did Dave Lowry? How much pull does he have uh, with this? <laughs> but I think <laughs> you know, if you're, maybe he's acting as his agent. I think there was a lot of concerns here. I'm going to pull up this tweet right now. But I think there's a lot of concerns from Jets fans. Like, well, now you have to. Why don't you just wait? Until after the season, you know, after the expansion draft, and then sign him. If you could sign him for this and get it done right now and not have to worry and have this guy who's been part of the team, he was drafted by the Jets, he plays a huge role, um, just do it. Just sign him. That is very reasonable contract for Adam Lowry, and I'm going to put You know what? Right now, now that this Lowry deal is done, I just keep oh. going back to that text I got. Shout out to Rob Drager for this. Uh, and I, you know... Something no one is saying. Chevy now has the first round pick to dangle to the Kraken to keep Cop and Lowry was the, the the guy that you know that we were talking about. But whether it's Appleton or Cop or Logan Stanley, much like they did with Chris Thorburn, here's the pick and you know take Nate Beaulieu or take um, whoever it is that they want, not the guys that they want to keep. So. Um, you know, I mean, part of it does impact this year without, you know, getting what you would have got for that. But I'll tell you what, I think I'd far rather have the ability to keep Logan Stanley in the mix and Mason Appleton for that first round pick than some short term help um, on a rental basis for this year. People in the people in the chat are very fired up. What's about the, the response in the chat here? What's the response? I'm, I'm putting up excellent steal steal of a deal. Big um, big raise coming for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent Mark Sports video. Uh, Mitch, term is important. Nice security. <laughs> Sparky, dad gets 20%. Uh, we got running man. Great deal. Glad he signed. Jerry Baluda, great deal for the Jets. Um, yeah, and fans, just forget the trade deadline in action a little bit from Tristan Muthers and Buspit. Great deal for both. 
Um, and Smoke Speeder and Corner, I will agree on this. Our special teams got better when her dad joined his coach. Special teams have been great this year. Um, so, yeah, man, what a great way to end the week, Reem. We finished it off. Big win yesterday. A great show today. And Adam Lowry extending in Winnipeg five years, $3.25 million. I think we've got a happy player, a happy general manager. And you know that will be welcomed big time by the guys in the room because Lowry is a mainstay of this hockey club and a real key piece going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's been here for a long time. Uh, he's drafted by the club, uh, you know, the first year. And he's been a staple on that third line, been so solid playing against the other team's best. Uh, five years, good security for him. Uh, nice cap hit for the Jets. Uh, he did buy a KitchenAid mixer after the, you know, when he signed the last contract. I wonder. Great what the, memory. What the first thing, yeah, avid baker. So, and and I think you hear people that, there's always been saying, you know, guys don't want to sign in Winnipeg. Well, here's another guy uh, like Ehlers and who Shifley, who signed long-term deals, Wheeler, uh, Morrissey. All these guys are signing these Connor. Uh, you can go on and on. And here's yet another guy who's, um, you know, going to be an impor- important part of the team. You know, he's been an important part of the team now, and he still will be going forward. So I think you do have to like the uh, Oh, you know, the- there's so many good things about this for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, back to your point about their ability to continue to re-sign and keep their own talent, that's phenomenal, um, as well as, um, you know, building a team that you think that can really keep for a, keep for a cup, can compete for a cup. Um, Owen can tell you he deserves more money. I hope the Jets buy him a new house in Winnipeg. Well, we're not buying him a new house, but we're going to have to get him something it was a mixer for the last contract. Now, I mean, what do we think? A new range? Maybe a fridge and freezer ream or potentially, no, maybe one of the air fryers. Air fryers. I hear air fryers are popular, yeah. They're big time. I see people tweeting about them all the time. Um, in the chat, would an air fryer be a nice gift to Adam Lowry for his new contract? Let us know. Pros and cons of the air yeah, fryer as some, we finish up the show. He likes some, He's a good baker. I know he likes baking breads and cookies. So maybe something with that uh, commercial oven with this new contract? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Tell you what, that's a great way uh, place to leave it for the uh, for the week. Uh, it's been a great show. We do want to get these podcasts up, so uh, we're going to get out right now. But thank you to everyone that joined us today. Um, this was a real hot day in chat. Big thanks to Jeff Hamilton and Tom Gazzola for joining us on the program Thank you to our viewers with those super chats today. That was just phenomenal. We can't thank you enough. Um, And again, folks, uh, for those of you that are hanging around having fun with us, spread the word. Tell some people to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. If you're in with us right now and you haven't, hit that like button if you would. we got to thank Nod Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet, and Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Remo, game tomorrow, 6 p.m. now. I love that. There's been so much good news over the course of the last last oh, two hours. I'm just waiting, you know, with things to keep going. We need to get a call. Yeah, we can go get vaccines now, too, or something like that. That's whoa, that's all whoa, we're whoa. missing right now on a fun Friday. Remember what happened yesterday when you brought that up in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would uh, say I would love – that would be a nice thing for us to get moving on it. But a lot of uh, good Jets news. We've had – Yes, multiple game time switches. Uh, we had the news of the Lowry. You know, things were moving along, and now it's official. And I'm just posting it on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Facebook page. That's why I'm, like, halfway off the screen. Got to let people yeah. know. So if you're not following us on Facebook, uh, search for it. 
the link is in the description of this video. I am posting this break. That's why he's right the now. CTO, everybody. Yeah. Multimedia master Michael Remus. And um, maybe maybe you'll get the uh, impression of the Paul Maurice gif last night uh, on a clip later on today. Maybe we'll put that up on the gram or something Yeah, like I'll that. post it as an Instagram reel. That's where, <laughs> that's where it's at now. So follow us on Instagram too. Uh, we do have some good reels on there. Maybe I'll post the we, this goal horn has been a part, good part of the show. We've rung it a couple oh, times today. Well, And for good reason. The Super Chats and the Adam Lowry signing. And hopefully there'll be some red lights going on behind Mike Smith tomorrow on that 6 o'clock start at Bell MTS Place. Folks, thank you for everything. Spread the word on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Subscribe, like. Swipe up all the internet terms that you need to know. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back 1 o'clock on Monday working on a big guest for early next week. We'll see how that works out. And uh, most importantly, be safe. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, we'll talk to you next Monday, 1 p.m., live on YouTube and in your podcast feed every afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Later, everybody. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 